Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, I'm going to start episode 96 as I like to do, and that is with a controversial statement. Where am I? <laughs> Who are you? I, are, are we? Is, is this thing on? Yes, it is. And you're back. I am I really? How, yeah. did I, how did I get here? I, I did a whole episode by myself. Oh, and, and you know what? And I do have some feedback about that, and actually. It, and honestly, if, if I didn't actually say something like super controversial because you're not there, you weren't there to oh, like to contain me. Either contain, refute, or support. Then either again, one of the three. I mean, then again, I edited and handed it to you and it just went off into that magic ether that I know nothing about. And it shows up for the world. And I pretend not to know anything about it because I don't want to know anything about it. So for all I know, you cut it down to what was no, good. No, no, so no, about no. three minutes <laughs> and let it loose no, on the world. You, you know something? I, I will say this. Uh, both um, both Alex, my, my, my good friend Alex over in the UK, uh, I talked to him yesterday as we're recording this on a Monday evening. I talked to Alex on Sunday and he gave me Kind, kind counsel and kind words on that episode. He said he re- he counsel. really enjoyed. It. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and we talked about it. He really oh, oh, enjoyed. Oh, so it. he didn't pull the he didn't pull the the southern U.S. Uh, bless his heart, and then he told the the real truth type thing on you. No, 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 no. no uh, bless no, no. his heart. No, no, he was an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. Bless his heart. No, no, he was he was straight up on it. And uh, and Vic uh, from Ten Pence actually sent in a little feedback too. But oh, we'll, cool. we'll, get, we'll get to we'll get to that later in the show. So, Sweet. But yes, it's really. Before you say controversy, before you get into anything, you know, controversial. controversial okay, before you before you air your controversy, okay, it just it's really it's it's really weird to to kind of be back in front of the mic. It feels good, but it's man, been a bit. But it's if been I go, a minute. It, it's been a minute. If I go back and look at timelines, though, it's actually been. I mean, dude, it's been like since October, which yes. which is just odd but we'll i'll get into that we've, later we've, we've got to figure out how this podcasting thing works all over again <laughs> well we I do mean, if if people could have good. seen what it it's took good. what it took for us just to get your mic running yes. at the beginning of this it's yeah. like we were about ready just to scrap all this equipment start yeah, and, again. Ju- and just go home it, it, it's like we'll, we'll just do this maybe it's time we'll do this another Whitney, day maybe this is a perfect opportunity for an upgrade <laughs> it, it is that isn't it oh I mean, we've had we've had enough cables we've had enough connectors and we've had enough microphones die on us that we're we don't really have much spares left at this point so you're right it, i'm gonna hit you with time for before i'm gonna but before i get to the controversial statement yeah which now we've taken the zing out of it sorry about that didn't uh, mean to do that Oh, you want me to go with a controversial yeah, statement? Yeah, oh, dude, well, it, it, drop it while it's hot. Well, <laughs> you know, it would, okay. I'm going to make a comment on something that is not necessarily my field. So I'm making a comment from the outside, fully understanding that those in this field may take what I'm saying and roll their eyes. While others in the field, I'm assuming, as often goes, will agree. Okay. My comment is... okay. Bob Ross is a genius. Have you ever watched 
the joy of painting. Oh yes. Oh oh yes. I, it, it, yeah. I, I cannot draw Whitney. If you if you went right now to my shop, uh-huh. got me a, a got my got a ruler for me. Yeah. And a pencil. Yeah. And a piece of paper. Uh-huh. I could not put those three things together and draw you a straight line. So what you're saying is the only thing you can do is just draw a bucket of water. That's about yeah, it. That's right? about it. Yeah, that's about it. And, and that's it. rough. Yeah. You know, because I'm I'm kind of clumsy. So I might <laughs> I might get it air yeah. quotes drawn. Yeah. But, I, I get it. Yes. Uh, he's a genius. I, I, I watched that show like the joke used to be about NASCAR. You watch it for the wrecks uh-huh. because it's like, Bob, buddy buddy yeah I, I don't know i don't know what you, what you just did but you totally hosed it and 13 seconds later he pulls it out and it's amazing it's amazing yeah it's like i'm gonna take this paintball gun and just blow the living snot out of this thing i just worked on for 45 minutes and it, you're like what happened then he gets out a two-inch brush whips it across there and it's gorgeous it, i have no idea how he does that it my my thing is is that he's a genius. He is, and he does it with ninety seven percent horizontal movement. Yes, I, I, I very if he if he ever if he ever moves the brush vertically, I never see it. It's because he's going back and yeah. forth, and then it's just like it the, all just appears. Look, the, now that you say that, the only vertical I ever actually think about that i can recall him ever using yeah was when he's making happy little trees there you go I mean, <laughs> but but the rest of it is all horizontal movement bob is and it's, cr- it's crazy i it's just crazy i just good. wanted to take a, a moment to acknowledge on this show that bob bob ross is a genius then i, I know what to get you for <laughs> halloween and christmas already so that's and, good I'm, well, gl- I'm glad you dropped what, this <laughs> One of the best things about his show is when he tickles himself and he looks at the camera and laughs. It's like, oh, oh, you're a man after my own heart. I love you. See, quarantine's not all bad. Oh my you know? gosh. You're talking about some you want to talk about some wholesome television? Oh, it's every bit you of You sit down and you watch Bob paint. Yes. Yes. And just listen. Well, it's relaxing. It, it's enjoyable. And, it's and, great. And if you if you double back that with Mister Rogers, then you actually walk away a better person. Oh, you're so. Could when, you imagine how you mellow you would be? Oh yeah. If yeah. you binged, if you binged either one of those or both of them together, back to back. back, to oh back. My God. Yeah. And I, I love Mister Rogers. I always have, and I always will. It, between that and Captain Kangaroo. Oh man, Captain Kangaroo. Oh what I, yeah, Mister Green about, Jeans. Oh yes, Captain Kangaroo. Did you ever Gosh. actually? I actually, when I was younger, I yeah. actually had green jeans, and I was oh, I was proud of those pants. Oh, I remember those. Really? Yes, they were green jeans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I remember when um when Captain Kangaroo was on my mom my mom enrolled both my brother and I in picture pages, and we did picture pages through the mail. Uh-huh. With with Bill Cosby on Captain Kangaroo, and it was it was absolute it was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So, oh man, the fond the fond memories of Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I was about to say this was going to take an ugly turn. <laughs> I was about to say when we first got cable. One of the big things was, was it WGN out of Chicago? Uh, Chicago, yeah. It's like the superstation. Yeah. Yeah. And Bozo, but <laughs> you, uh, you've got a, you're not, you're kind of anti-clown. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that, let's, there's no, you weren't, 
Yeah, let's let's not burn podcasting time no, on the you, clown. No, <laughs> you you weren't playing with you know, the ping pong bucket game, cheering for the kids on Bozo. You oh, were, no, 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 no. Bob Ross is a genius. Yes, thank you, thank you. And so and so is Captain Kangaroo, and so is Mister Rogers. There, there we go. We will let that stand. How about that? All right, Whitney. So, uh, welcome everybody to episode 96. Yeah, we're almost at 100, yep. man, rounding the corner. Episode 96 of the Broken Token Classic Gaming Podcast. And I have in front of me my notes, and uh, I'm already going to slam on the brakes, and uh, we are going to turn our attention to the to uh, the host prize closet, otherwise known as My Tempest. Oh, we're going to do that right now? Yeah, gonna, yeah, go ahead, turn around, Whitney. So what, what you've missed, Whitney... What we've missed, we we didn't record a Christmas show, and, um, and this is true. Yes. So um, there's also been some things Dude, piling how much, up. How much you got in there? There's a lot of stuff in there. So why don't you just start rummaging around in there, Whitney? Now don't open things. No. <clears throat> okay, no. Because there's 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 a surprise element to some of those. Oh, okay, gotcha. So while he's uh he's uh in there rooting around, I, I best I do I do best to just pull this out as it, in reverse order of it being put in. So. <laughs> just yeah do, yeah start from the top. Yeah, don't I'm dig gonna, to the bottom because I'm not going to take that thing away from the wall yeah. and rummage around down by the power supply figuring yeah. out what you did. Yeah okay no worries. Uh, you, you, how do you like my my wrapping my it, ra- it, my it's uh, it's my it's wrapping pre- is a combination it's pretty of, fantastic <laughs> it's a combination of ziploc and store uh plastic bags yeah. that, that's okay it does the job oh my goodness there's a few things in there it's been a minute since you've been uh, over here yeah it has it has been a while it has been a while so well, like you, i said we'll, we'll get we'll get into that so one of the things i will note while you're digging through <laughs> that's not it that's not it there's more in there I see a Super Nintendo box, a SNES box. <laughs> There's more in there, Whitney. Oh Keep my, going. Oh, my God. Speaking of uh, um, console games. Dude, this is nuts. Yeah, don't open that. That's, right. that's, that, uh, that, oh, that's, that's the best wrapping. Dude, you, for me, that's A number one. Tell everyone what that's wrapped in. Uh, that is wrapped in uh, some of my favorite packaging, uh, a U.S. Postal Service padded envelope is what that is. <laughs> it certainly is. Yeah, yeah, flat rate, no less. So, um, for folks that listened to the last show, I kind of gave a walkthrough. It's like I'm actually scared to lean any further back because I, I might think fall. you've got it all. Are you sure? I think. No. Oh, is there something else in Whitney? If there's money in the coin bucket, leave it. No. Well, hold on. Um, I can't see what that is. I think. I think. Oh I no, think that would be yours. Yeah, that's those are my e- those are EPROMs yeah, for the I was, game. I was gonna say. I, was gonna I forgot say. those are in there. Yeah. <laughs> when I put a Tempest Tubes kit in it, those are the those are the uh, factory EPROMs. No, yeah, don't don't take those. Yeah, well, I was I was gonna say, but while I'm in there, so okay. So one of the things that I'm gonna automatically t- tell you that goes home with you is uh. Last show, I think what we call what I call that Whitney, the mini console episode where I just yeah. waxed on about <laughs> the piles and piles of stuff that I had down here. <laughs> yes, and, and I have since the console mountain. I think oh is, what we, is what we wound up calling that. So one of the things that came out of that was uh, I had my fifty two hundreds out. And one of my fifty two hundreds is going to find a new home with you. Oh, nice. just sweet. We've discussed this already. Yeah. So that 5200 is actually on the table there in front of you. 
and that box in front of it is the stack of games that goes along with it. Oh my gosh. Okay. Excellent. So there is your 5,200. Thank you. <laughs> that, that's going to be great. So let's dig in. Start, oh, start okay. with the, start with the, uh, that no, start with the, uh, the, the, uh, gray Walmart bag. Okay. The gray Walmart. So bag. you may, I, I, you may remember this when you see what's in there. I hit you up some time ago. Oh my gosh. And, uh, I had come across a selection of is it mostly SNES stuff that's in there? I think it it is, and then there is some N sixty four games in here. It looks like uh, so it's a big old bag of games. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just it is. It's just a it's a Walmart sack. Get in a little closer to the mic. Love on the love the mic. <clears throat> yeah, loves got, you. Gotcha. I, sorry, I was uh, I was leaning back just a little bit. Just he was look, dug in. looking at all the cartridges. So we've got a. Um, a Super Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Now that's a that's a boxed SNES game, and then we've got oh easily. Uh, let's see, I'm pulling these through Street Fighter, Street Fighter Two Turbo. We've got uh, Pitfall Two: The Mayan Adventure, X Men: Mutant Apocalypse. Oh my gosh, man! We've got oh gosh, we've got N64 get games in the, here. Get, make sure you get in the yeah, mic there. Sorry, there sorry, sorry, sorry. I know he's he's got stuff all over. He's just excited. Yeah, it, there's there's stuff going everywhere. There's I mean, N64 games, I mean, NBA courtside, we've got uh, Forsaken 64, Castlevania, Body, uh, see, Body Harvest. Um, oh, that sounds uh, pleasant. That, that it does. Wrestle- got a clown on the cover? Uh, no, <laughs> fortunate, fortunately not. Is it? <laughs> WrestleMania Battleship. I was about to make a, star, a very obscure Star Trek reference. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it got a short blonde haired dude named Trent on the cover? <laughs> yeah, no, no. But, but, uh, uh, close. Uh, I mean, there's yeah, there's some more SNES games. Looks like Battleship and then Su- Super Goal Two. If somebody could actually email in and, and let me know what episode that reference was from, there might be something in the prize closet it, for them. Bingo! <laughs> oh man, there's NBA Jam. Let's see. Here is. Um, let's see. Uh, looks like Midham Soccer. Oh gosh, man, this is this is nuts. Uh, this see. those are all oh Nickelodeon. Uh, let's see. It looks now like that's a SNES game right there. Yes, it? it is. Yeah, Real Monsters. And let's see, what else do we have? Oh, you're still digging. There's oh, more yeah. in there than I remember. Oh yeah, D- and Dirt Track FX. That's in there. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it does actually. Um, let's see. And what's the last one here? Oh, Judge Dredd. So all up. Let's see. Two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven, twelve SNES games. One of them being boxed. And then we've got uh, All Star Baseball 2002, four, and then six N64 games. So, so add that to your <clears throat> Nintendo collection, dude. That, that is fantastic, man. Thank I you. I came across those not too long ago, and then the box—that's that's awesome. That boxed game, it was actually in my pile. I've had that particular game for years. Okay, I think if memory serves, I probably found that at a thrift store. No telling how long ago the Star Wars game. Yeah, th- no, that's good. I mean, and it's in good shape too, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's sweet. Yes, thank you, thank All you. Right, thank you're you, so thank very welcome. Yeah. All right, move on to another. Pick you another bag. Yeah, I love the super. I love the Super Nintendo. So that I mean, that, that stuff will will get uh, will get high love, no doubt about it. All right. So uh, I don't remember what's in this one. So I mean, look, oh, I do it, now. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like a T-shirt. So oh, nice. It is. A, it's it's an Atari T-shirt. Oh, oh, it's a long, it's a long sleeve Atari T-shirt. Even better. Hopefully, it's your size. Yes, that yes, that that will work. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's white with the with the red logo, checkerboard red logo on it. 
which is great because you know, man, here in Kentucky right now we've got we've got cold nights, man. Oh yeah, way, way for cold sure. Nights, and you know, it's it's bad to say, but I stay cold about twenty. Uh, I'm sorry, about seventy five percent of the yes, time. Yes, so do I, I. I stay cold, and uh, I don't know if that's age or whatever, but it's uh, it's just a it's just a fact of life right now. So, I, I know we. It, I guess at work we've gotten to that point in, in our lives, age wise, where my my boss, yeah. who I've known for years, and another another peer on my team, we were on a call, just like a uh, an update call last last week, I think it was, and we were all talking about what we kept our thermostat at <laughs> and yeah. how yeah. cold I was, and, and, then, and then how cold you are, yes. exactly, yeah. Ooh, now, so I opened up this this next item, and it looks like this is the Repro Vectrex motherboard it PCB. It certainly is. Yes, from uh, from Mr. RK Jason himself. And that dude has become quite, yep. quite prolific. I believe it's Jason Cobb? Uh, yeah, Jason Cobb, yeah. Yeah, so if you're in the Vectrex forums out on Facebook, I'm sure you see Jason all yeah. over the forums. And you know, man, that is a nice board it too, is. isn't it? I mean, he, yeah, he really ordered that up well. So one of the things oh, that's, I... that's sweet, man. Thank you. Uh, there's also the connector in there too. Yes, I saw that. Thank, yeah, thank you so much one for One of the things I need to do, because Facebook is useless. It don't even get me going on Facebook. We all know my thoughts on forums on Facebook, but just don't get me going on Facebook in general. But I will mention... That technical stuff on Facebook, like support forums, are totally useless because that stuff just disappears. It's unfindable. It's, it's unfindable. It's, Facebook has search that doesn't search. No, it doesn't. It, it, you, or if it searches, it doesn't find. No, it, exactly. Yes. So Jason, at one point in time, um, he had posted a picture with some uh, just some things that you need to do for that PCB. Uh-huh. And... I, I need to. I keep meaning to do it, and I keep forgetting to do it. To go grab it and save before it, and it save disappears it. Yeah, and in, print it into the ether. And he has also posted a link. I think it's over to DigiKey for the bill of materials. Okay. And uh, I need to grab. I've got that on a. Oh no, I don't anymore because it was on this PC and I've rebooted this PC. But that's something that I need to get. Uh oh, he's unwrapping now. This one's wrapped. I actually wrapped this one, which oh. is. I don't ever do names, but yeah. this one's wrapped. Oh. So what? what is this, Whitney? <laughs> oh, so. <clears throat> this is a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle from Back to the Future 2. You know why? Because it's the... Oh, and it's in a Blockbuster case it is. on top of that. It, it, I got that for you specifically because for some odd reason you think two is a better movie oh, than three. And uh, two is a better movie well, than three. There's no doubt about I it. I mean, opinions are like some things. Everyone <laughs> tends to have one. That, that they do. And they're not all right. Well, <laughs> I, I just I just pity the people who like three better than well, two. It's, That's it's one, three, say. two. But nonetheless, I know you're, you have this affinity for two. I do. I love two. I love two. So there is a po there is a uh, a poster puzzle. Oh, for that, that is Back awesome! Thank too. you. On any given day, I could say my my favorite sequence is one two three or two one three, but it's never but three's never any higher than third. So just the way it is, <laughs> oddly enough. Yeah. How could you be so wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Yet love it so much, you know. <laughs> my word. <laughs> that. 
my friend is funny. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a show title. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are we down oh. to the last? Okay, that's got some weight to it. That it, it now does. That, this has got heft. That's in the that is in the primo wrapping of the United States Postal Service. Uh oh, okay. he's got his he's got his knife. Out. I, I had to get my box cutter out. Ooh, uh oh, boy. Don't cut yourself. Yeah, no. I if you, if you do, don't like throw you don't throw your hands in the air and yeah. I have blood all over everything. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good on all that. So that, my friend. Now, what is this? That ooh. is a brand new production. Ooh, ooh. New brick Commodore sixty four power oh, supply. Oh, thank you. Now this is going to be sweet, sweet. Now. I'm, I'm going to honor. I'm going to honor the the age old tradition of you don't talk about a pickup before you have it in hand. Yep. But sweet. Yes. Yes. Okay, and that's yes. fine. Thank so, you. So, and I, I'll throw out a plug there. Um, this it that I talked about Kevin on the last show, and I hope I'm getting Kevin's names last names. I, I think I'm pronouncing Kevin right. Uh, Kevin <laughs> Autumn or Otum O T T U M. So Kevin makes power supplies like quality replacement power supplies for Commodore 64s. He'll make them. Um, if you want a higher amp one, if you feel you need it for a 128, he'll, he makes special runs. For, there's a story behind that for 128s. He makes uh, power supplies for the 1541 two disc drives that have the external power supply. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he does it for a host of other computers. And the interesting thing about that, Whitney is, the um, he makes a series of adapters, and you can adapt that to work on any Commodore. Okay. Oh, okay. So if you decide to buy a Commodore sixteen or even a one twenty eight, the one twenty eight it it has the same power voltage requirements, but it has a different oh, wow. form factor plug. Oh man, this is this is sharp. it's nice, isn't it? Oh my goodness. So for for little money, he makes adapters, and, and I'll mention the one twenty eight, the factory one twenty eight supply with some of the one twenty eights has a higher rating. Um than the 64 supply and i'm guessing that's probably why they made a different form factor plug so somebody didn't take a 64 supply and plug it in and then burn up the 64 supply so uh the voltages are the same but the amp draw is different and there was two different supplies that came with the 128s that supply surpasses the lower end of the two supplies to potential supplies. Mm-hmm. And I don't know the history. They may have started out with a with the bigger supply early and then switched over realizing they didn't need regardless, that's more than enough gas to run us a, a 128 even. Okay. You just have okay. to have the adapter. Okay, gotcha. But that will plug right in and run a 64 and a VIC 20. Uh, I I am expecting that within the next 30 to 45 days I'll I'll be able to report back on this. So that is uh, that is fantastic. That took me completely by surprise. Thank you. That so is that is I, sweet. My sixty four is running with one of Kevin's supplies, uh-huh. and uh, uh, I, I know you'll enjoy it. So yes. again, if if anyone's interested in those, Kevin, you can be reached Kevin at Puppy Breath P U P P Y Breath dot org. Kevin's a Kevin's a dog guy. Doesn't doesn't <laughs> smell like puppy breath. 
It's a very, rather unique smell. It, so very, very much so. Yeah, Kevin. Oh. Kevin's solid. He's in the. He he runs around a lot in the 128 forums. On, or excuse me, the 64. And I'm probably the, I'm not in any of the 128 forums, but definitely 64 forums on Facebook. So. Okay. Oh, dude, that that's that's fantastic. I I so appreciate that. All all this, man. What a haul! Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I just want all the stuff out of my house. It, that's so. a, that's okay. You know what? I live to serve, so it it, it works. But. Man, dude, seriously, that's that's sweet. Well, you're welcome. And so while we're opening stuff, yeah, Jim, uh, Jim Hale stopped by and dropped. Oh, he, some, oh, he did. He well, this. I've had this for uh, probably two months at this point, and you. He had something for you, and I don't know if. Uh, um, if he's seen you? No, since no, then. no. We have not seen each other. No. Hold on. So I, I've had this sitting in my shop, all wrapped up in really kind of cool Star Wars paper. Okay, and uh, um, it feels kind of like a book. Okay, I'm really hoping it's like a ninja suit, though. <laughs> like you open it and they just go, a ninja suit just go. Whoop. That would be uh, that, that would be pretty sweet. A boy could dream. I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed if it's a book, but if it's a ninja suit, this is going to be. <laughs> This is going to be epic. This is going to be, the show's going to be over because you're not, I'm going to have this thing on. I'm going to be slinking around out in the woods behind yeah, the house. Yeah. You're, not gonna, yeah, you're <laughs> going to steal some gems or break into a museum or something like that. Break into a museum. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, we'll just go ahead and do the rest of the show without Brent while he is, uh, while he's out, you know, pillaging and plundering. Oh, so this is cool. I've never heard of this. This book, it's a book and it's called, you can't call it. And then it doesn't, it, it's got the, Kind of the cursing marquee where it's a uh, all from Cuber, a little squiggly and an amp and uh, 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 exclamation point and a pound the, sign from Cuber. The, the word bubble, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says you can't call it mm, the story from a life making uh, the story from a life making video games by Warren Davis. Oh yes, the creator of Cuber. So it's got. Um, Oh, that's interesting. It looks like they're in like a development lab and there's like a development system behind. I'm assuming this is Warren Davis and it's Qbert on a display, but it's upside down. Oh, neat. (laughs) And then there's a picture of Terminator, like a Terminator, like a T-1000 and then Aerosmith. I don't know all the games that Warren was involved in. I'd have to go look it up too. Um, you know, it, what's interesting is uh, Mike Vinicor, uh, you know, friend of the show who works at Stern Pinball, he was telling me about that book um, a year ago, back when we, when Jim and I went to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, and Mike was there, and he was. And he, I, I don't know if um, I, I don't. I've not read the book, and I don't know if if Mike is featured in the book or anything like that. But I know that he he spoke very very fondly of the content of the book and and everything that it covers. Mm-hmm. So no, that is that is. Oh, this cool. is really cool. Yeah, that is cool. So yeah, I'm definitely. What's it say here on the back? So apparently he had. I do love me some books. Uh, video gaming industry ninety two or eighty two was ninety two. Gottlob, uh, Qbert has followed Laserdisc game Us versus Them. Uh, Williams helped develop the system that became NARC. Uh, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Revolution X. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the Aerosmith tie-in. Sweet. Well, Jim, thank you, sir. Oh, I mean, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this is going to be a fun read. 
Cool. All right. And like I said, I know he's got something for you. And there was, um, when I saw him, like I said, this has been quite some time ago, he stopped by and dropped it off. And he mentioned right about the time, I think he was supposed to get his new VCS. Yes. Now, so those are shipping now or something, right? They are. And he does have his, he, he let me know that he's got it. Uh, still in box, I believe. I don't. I don't think he set it up and and uh, you know, or un- unpacked it and set it up or anything like that. Uh, I think he was waiting on on some other some other, we'll say some other activities to happen. But I know that he does have it in hand. Yes. Cool. So so he he got he got the pre order and everything like that. They did deliver, which is good. I've seen pictures of some of them out there. So I mean, I realized they were making it out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I, I mean, the jury's still out for me on whether or not I, I'm going to get one. I, I mean, I, Jim and I were talking and I feel at some point I probably will. But at this point, I'm still just going to watch it for, for a little while. It's, okay. it's just it's just a little it's a little too new right now. I guess <laughs> is probably the best way to say it. So. You don't you don't want to be an early adopter. I, I've been an early adopter on a lot of stuff, and it, <laughs> while fun, it's it wears uh, out a little it, bit. It, yeah, it, it wears on you after a while. It really does. So yeah. All right, Whitney. So how about we roll into some of our typical updates now that the fun and festivities are over? Hey, yeah. <laughs> Yay, Christmas. You know, I, you know, dude, I, and I'll get into this. I'm just glad we didn't ever have to wait till like Christmas in July. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. And uh, Christmas was different this year. And I'll talk about why it was different. But uh, thank you. The, the, the cheer, the cheer will get paid, will get paid forward. I can, I can certainly say that. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to recap what's not working in the game room because the list is still the same. Whitney and I were just, <laughs> everything's still broken. Yeah. I mean, not everything, but the list is still the same. I haven't turned the game room on in a while. As Whitney can attest, because this is the first time he's been down here, you're only seeing, you're, so you're looking at what, like this eight foot table that's between us. Yeah. And we're in a little different position than normal because of this table. I've got the other eight foot table broken down. And then the table you're sitting at, the card table, yeah. this four-foot table that I'm sitting at, and another four-foot table that's not here, was filling both sides of the game room. Oh, it's just, that's nuts, man. And it was full. Yeah. And I have, um, I pulled, and I'll mention it, one of the one of the uh, four-foot tables, a really sturdy, nice, solid wooden table, uh-huh. old-school wooden folding table, is actually... In another place in the house right now. I get into that a little later. Yeah, but I have. And I took the card table down. But I, after I went through all the console stuff, I filled everything back up again. Wow, going through other junk. Yeah, you yeah. know stuff. And, and it kind of come down to. It's like, why do I have this stuff in my house? Mm-hmm. And, and what ended up basically spread back out again after I worked through the consoles was PC parts. Oh yeah. And and I had stuff everywhere. I had more stuff than I thought I had. And, and, you know, when you pull it from a couple locations, you've got it stuck in storage and then you, you, you put it all, you co-locate all of it. Yeah. You're just like, it's like what happened? Yeah. And and here, here's my problem. Here's my problem. Long ago, I had, Whitney, it was easily a six foot. If I were just to stack them up, a six foot tall stack of IBM ATs and XTs. 
So you're talking the 8088, 80, or 8088, 8086, 8086, 286 uh-huh. IBM type computers. Yep, yep. I had some, I had a Commodore. Uh, Compaq had something in there that was either 8086 or 286 that was in a case very similar to the ATXT. It was their 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 kind of first run yeah, or their probably, competition. Probably like a Desk Pro or something like that. It may have been yeah. an early Desk Pro yeah, brand. I, I yeah. can't recall. This was long ago. Oh, man, Compaq. How do I love thee? Oh, Goodness. they were sweet. Oh, they were so sweet. Yeah. Yes. And I gave all of that away to a friend of mine years ago who was trying to learn how computers worked. Okay. And he was, he was, this was like in the very, very early days of the internet and dial up. And, um, you were still setting jumpers and RQ levels uh-huh. and all that junk. Oh yeah. Just to be able to boot it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I filled the back of my truck and I gave it to Roy and I said, Roy, take this home. Here's a bunch. I had hard cards. You know what a hard card oh, is? Oh yeah, yeah. I remember the hard cards. I mean, they were for, it was a hard drive on a car. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it fit in an ISA slot yep. is what it did. And I'm trying to think it's a uh, good gosh. I mean, the, the man, the companies just the, the companies that used to be there like future domain, you know, yep. do you remember future domain? Yes. Yep. I mean, think about, think about all of the companies. You know Connor and and just yep. and 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 companies like them. that. Connor that, made a bunch of hard cards. Connor Connor made a bunch of hard cards. And, and think about all those companies that were so prolific and so instrumental in the early days of computing. And dude, they're gone. Yep, they're just gone. Yeah. Well, they they, they couldn't. Yeah. They did didn't shift with the times. Look yeah. at Kodak. Yeah. You know, Kodak made cameras. They yeah. didn't they didn't figure out how to keep up. Yeah. And they're true. gone that's for the true. most part. Yeah, they are for the most part. So the here's here's what gets me is it, it it's not the dollar because it's gonna sound that way. <laughs> there, there's no way to make this no. sound like it's no. not about the dollar. I, I no. know where you're coming but from. There was, and I know where you're going. Fast forward and there was so much value in that stuff uh-huh. because as I have been watching YouTube videos, like on uh, it, things have shifted in that include more Commodore stuff, home computer stuff. You know, the eight bit guy. I'm sure a lot of love our listeners have heard of the eight bit guy. Oh yeah. Have you ever heard of Adrian's Digital Basement? I have not. No. So he does a lot of. Whereas the eight bit guy does a lot of history stuff and a lot of restoration, mainly kind of cosmetic and. Um, what at least what I've seen of him, what he's doing, like from a repair perspective, it's it's a lot of like larger component parts type swapping. Yeah. Whereas in Adrian's digital basement, Adrian gets into a lot of uh, more repair work and re- restoration that way. Yeah. Okay. And um, so in his channel, he's there's a lot of 286 stuff in there. There's a lot of 8088 stuff in there. There's Apple. There's Commodore. There's all of it. Yeah. And and I also hear a lot brought up about those 8088 XTAT vintage computers on, geez, it just escaped me. The, the retro, not the retro, the retro, retro, retro computing retro, round table, retro computing round table. Yes. That okay. podcast. Okay. And then in a retro, I'm not, ga- I'm not listening to that. You're one. not one. Okay. No, you, not. you say that like they've made you mad. I'm not no, listening. No, to them. no, not anymore. I, I thought, no, I thought you were going to say retro gaming roundup and well, I do it, listen to them. So, and I, and I really love, retro gaming roundup but i i know the other podcast you're talking about i've seen them on 
you know, on, on iTunes and, and things, but I've just, it, man, I, I, I've got so many podcasts to listen to. It's just ta- tackling another one's just kind of tough. Well, it's retro gaming roundup. They touch on the same topic, which yeah. is overall where I'm going with this is this overarching resurgence of this interest in the 8088, 8086, 286, 386 DOS based uh-huh. computers, yeah. even up into the early Pentium stuff. That stuff is really coming into its own. You've got DOS gamers that want original hardware. Yeah. You've got people that collect those early computers. Um, the ATs and XTs, Whitney, those go from four to 600 bucks a box. The IBM Model M keyboards, which uh-huh. is, if you've ever yeah, we seen them, we were one, talking about those. They're yeah. the classic, typical IBM. I mean, they're built like a tank clickety clackety buckling spring they're, Yes, they fit they're just they're heaven they're, they're heaven they're heaven in a keyboard a key, is what yeah. they are yes. those those keyboards they're a hundred bucks a pop yeah and, and it's because they're like i said people are after them so, hold on hold on for one second now yeah. in my back pocket i have two ninja suits so we can go find roy is that what yeah, we yeah. Gotta go we got to go find Roy. Oh, Roy, <laughs> yeah. Where is Roy? Just, and what? And, and has Roy made good on his promise? It makes me wonder. I could, I, I could still try. I haven't seen Roy in years, but I could track Roy down. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I it, wonder if it, Roy's got them in his shed. It, you know something? If you could track those down, I'd buy one from you so that we could play multiplayer Quake. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to play Quake Arena on land. Well, you That's know what, what I, I did do. with him back in the day? Yeah. When I was messing with Linux long ago uh-huh. I would stand up I stood up like a, a 386 running Linux and then I upped Telnet on it and then I would run a, a, a thick was it thick net Ethernet where they had the coax with the terminators mm-hmm. and the T connectors yep. yeah mm-hmm. um, not the vampire tap type yeah, yeah. but where you had the BNC connectors uh-huh. I ran thick Ethernet to DOS boxes on 8088s or 8086s running Kermit as a terminal emulator into the Linux box. Uh-huh. And that's how I taught myself about IP routing and, and subnetting. Oh. And I, do you ever heard of a MUD, a multi-user yeah, oh, yeah. dungeon? Yeah, it's multi-user text- dungeon. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would run a MUD on the 386 on the server, and then a bunch of us could just hang out and play digital dungeons and dragons oh that is that's pretty nice now all of mine i did uh, believe it or not i know this is going to sound strange but well, I, what did i just say yeah it will that didn't sound strange no no because growing up it really didn't i mean I, I yeah like all of my tcp ip work i did um running on strangely enough novell netware running a tcp ip stack uh, so that the network box would have an IP address, and mm-hmm. then uh, set up. Then I had OS two boxes, and then I had Windows NT Advanced Server yep. three dot one, yep. and I, I did would, all that. And I would make routers out of them, mm-hmm. uh, essentially for different subnets and everything like that. And back when I was, did oh, you ever do NetBIOS bridging? Yes, sure, sure did. Yeah, and, <laughs> this and, is why we get along yeah, so and, well. And I and I had Windows for Workgroups clients where I would test yep. NetBIOS bridging across subnets and everything yep. like that. And um, it was so much fun because that's that, that's that's like my after college days 
after I graduated college and I was getting, you know, kind of getting ready for the workforce and, and things like that, it was, uh, oh my man, so, so much fun. I, I did so much work on OS2, so oh, much so work did. on that's OS2. That's how I started. And that, that's really what started me. OS2 and Token Ring. It, it, it's, it's crazy. And I'm going to say this, and I, I never thought we would, we would have this discussion on this show. But when I was in college, my last two years of college, I mostly financed my last two years in college doing freelance OS2 developer work. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. See, I never did yeah. outside of some. <laughs> it was it was odd, dude. I was doing essentially Fox Pro. I, I was I was doing uh, the the equivalent of Fox Pro database work on OS2. Is what I See, was now, doing. I did some significant scripting type work mm-hmm. and things that were used at my company for years in uh, like fresh PC installation, like yeah. out of the box and get it get it. Uh, I, I'm not going to get into the who I work for, but yeah, yeah, get yeah. it get it ready for get it atized, you know, company yeah. atized. Yeah. But I never did any any like user facing development. Oh, okay, I did. Th- that's wild. I okay. did. I, I took what I learned about networking and TCP kind of squirreling around at home. Uh-huh. And then what I learned doing NetBIOS, Token Ring, uh, some Ethernet, OS2, Windows, and it all just grew yeah. into where I'm at today. Yeah. Well, and that's that's a lot for me because I mean when I went to when I went to college, I mean so much of so much of my discipline was in software development and everything like that. And I well, and, so, yeah. and, and I did software development for probably seven or eight years after graduating from college. I, I mean, I would take. I don't know if you remember Clipper or not. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I remember. I, I, I remember it, but I don't. I never was a Clipper user. It never was a Clipper user yes. or anything. Yeah. So I, I was the guy in the back office that was figuring out how to get Clipper and and these other because that's a development platform, right? It, it's a language. It, it, it is. So essentially, you remember Smalltalk? Uh, oh, I remember Smalltalk well. Yeah. yeah. I was the guy in the back office trying to figure out how to get that on a, on a Novell file server and get the rights lined out. So yeah. You so, couldn't so, delete it. So. so so yeah, so that those stupid Clipper developers could, yeah. but yeah, Clipper. So for anybody curious, I mean, if you remember DBase from days of old, Clipper was an environment that would essentially take a DBase program and compile it in down to a flat executable that would run on DOS. So that and it had the it had the database runtime in it and everything like that. So oh yeah, yeah, just oh man, just. Oh, oh, the fun! Yeah, I was yeah. I was taking I was taking Clipper Clipper work and converting it over to OS two, so that it would it would run on OS two because it like, had it had so much more memory and, and it the, the 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 size and the complexity of the programs could ju- it was it, you just raised the ceiling on it you know it was it was good stuff. You know, uh, uh, one more thing because yeah. people are like, what is all this? Yeah, it's like what show have we tuned into? Do you know that IBM and Microsoft used to be bosom buddies. Oh yes. And oh, yes. OS2 and NT, Windows uh-huh. NT, yeah. which is basically Windows NT is what has grown into the modern Windows desktop operating system and server operating system. Yeah. Um it is from uh, it originates from the same kernel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which is IBM's OS2. Mm-hmm. And early versions of Windows NT server mm-hmm. When they had, had an OS2 subsystem in it, they would, well, not only do they have OS2 subsystem, when they would blue screen, mm-hmm. they would blue screen with 
IBM OS2 error codes. <laughs> and they would say OS2 uh-huh. and they have the error code. Oh, the, before that, yeah. Yeah, that's it's awesome. But yeah, there there was a day where those two those two products they were friends. Yes, those two products were friends. Yeah. 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 I got along. I, I longed for those days actually. So yeah, what does all this I, I have miss, to do with do me most in the show? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm staring at all this junk and I, I, I How did we get there? I don't want to let it go. Because yeah, I, here's I get it. Whitney, here's here's what was gonna what was going to happen. Yeah. I got through the console stuff and I got a couple things to touch on about that. And I was gonna pull all this out. And my intention was as sad as it was to say, I'm like, people people don't care about a 386. They don't care about a 286. I've got some generic PCs. Remember back in the day, you could go get a, you know, they used to just be generically called a white box PC. Oh, yeah. And you could go down and get that off-white kind of cream color PC in with three different configurations as to yeah. what the front slots oh, were yeah, man, and, and, and build remember, you a, a PC. And remember those came from just these shotgun computer stores oh, yes. that were everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, and yeah. They, they were all the same, except yeah. that there was a little square on the front of them where you'd put your personal little <laughs> you, label, put your badge on, put it. your little badge on it yep. and down the road it would go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've got a few, a few PCs like that. And that, I, I wanted to keep a couple in the back of my mind, I'm like, I might want to do some DOS gaming. I don't want to do DOS gaming, Whitney. I never did DOS gaming. <laughs> and I've got too much other crap to do. Yeah. I do want to keep a couple with ISA slots because there's some old school arcade equipment uh-huh. that you have yeah. to have an ISA slot. Or like with the data IO programmers, it's just a lot easier if you have something that kind of walks that line, still has like USB so you can stick a jump drive in it to move files on it. Yeah. But still has an ISIS slot or, uh, not, uh, or a parallel port or a parallel or serial port, so you can connect the programmer uh-huh. to it. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's a lot to be said for for a few for PCs in that sweet spot. Yeah, there is. Yes. And outside of a, keeping a couple of them, I wanted I was going to send all this to the recycler. Yeah, I, I get it. And what I ended up doing was just sitting here and had it all spread out in the basement, and then gathering it all up and organizing it. I've got tons of sweet video cards and, and IO cards, and I've got a deck of Sound Blaster cards of various <laughs> flavors. Yeah. I mean, stuff that people would want, but I'm not inclined to eBay all of it yeah, because yeah. it's just too much. Yeah. And so it's all boxed up. It's going to end up in a, on a rack out in the back of my garage. And in all honesty, and I, and I mean this, if somebody out there is listening that is really in to that type of a of a pc mm-hmm. if they're if that's their jam yeah and they want to reach out to me i will make you a sweet deal yeah and and but it's it's a literal truckload of stuff yeah i mean i i have i have like we're talking about retro gaming roundup at one point scott rebuilt a gaming rig for himself based on an IBM ThinkPad like 770, uh-huh. which was like, you know, a boss model ThinkPad from back in the day. I've got two of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I've got a couple other Pentium type laptops. I've got some Toshiba 46 and 36 laptops. I mean, I, I didn't realize I'd kept all the stuff until I started pulling it out of all these cubbies. Yeah. Yeah. And, I just so yeah I I don't have the heart to send it off to the recycler, 
I, I know somebody out there would love it just like we might take, uh, you know, a, a, a zookeeper yeah, oh yeah. or a yeah. high speed yeah. or something and, and they, they would use those parts and they yeah. would enjoy them. Oh, that's so, that's I, you know, I'm serious. If there's somebody out there, Brent at broken yeah. hit me up and, you know, maybe we'll talk something. Yeah. I, well, it's good. We'll, we'll figure something out, but I've, I've got that. Uh, so th- that's been out here, but as I built up to that, I already talked about that 5200. So congratulations, get that out of my life. Whitney. <laughs> um, Will do. On my on on my mini episode, I was talking about setting up a place in my shop for a 64, uh-huh. and just I have to do it. Yeah, and, and I did, and it didn't work because uh, I mean, freaking CRT monitors are stupid big. <laughs> and it, yes, they I are. Couldn't fit it. It would fit in this cubby that's back there, uh-huh. but I, I couldn't get the computer in front of it because the thing was so deep. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. So I ended up taking. I had a, a bedroom upstairs that was just had some stuff stored in it. And I was trying not to make it a catch-all, and I ended up having to make it a catch-all when I did some other organization. And I've moved stuff in this house, Whitney, three times at this point. I okay. mean, it's just I it is dominoes. I am when it's all said and done, I will have emptied every closet in this house and gone through everything, and it yeah. needed to. Ha- I have Legos spread all over my kitchen, my front room right now, yeah. in my kitchen, yeah, my front room. That's a whole other story, <laughs> whole other story. <laughs> but I've wandered on enough, yeah. so um, I ended up making a space up in that bedroom and setting up that real heavy five foot table I mentioned. I had that old school folding heavy table, yeah, and made a desk up there, and I've got my. 1541, my Commodore 64, my uh, 1702 monitor. Uh, it's actually up on a monitor, an old PC CRT monitor stand that I have gone to throw away 10 times in the past five years. And like, no, I'm no, I use, need, I need that. I might, I'll just stick it up here on this other shelf. Well, I finally found a home for yeah. it and it's holding up my 1702. <laughs> and I would, I am shocked, Whitney. I think of all the discs that I have tried, I think I've only found one that's not worked. Oh man. I am shocked. And I need to go back and try that because as you get into the Commodore, I've talked a little bit about fast load. Yeah. There are some, some software packages that will not work with fast load. And, um, I'm rediscovering those and I'm, you know, as an adult Brent, now I'm making a little note back on the disc, no fast load, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So for all I know, now that I think about it, the one that doesn't work, have it setting off to the side. It just may be that it doesn't work with fast load. So yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'll go in every few nights, three or four nights. You know, I'll take a break, and every third or fourth night, I'll go in. I'll sit down, and play a game. Oh yeah, that's, and that's awesome, man. It's like my old character discs for like mail order monsters. If anyone out there has ever heard of that. Um, I, a game I used to play called Hot Rod, where you could build and customize cars and change the transmission and put a you know does it have a V six or a V eight or a <laughs> two barrel or four barrel carb and all does it have good tires, name brand tires and all this stuff. When I look back at the character disc from these games and the game save discs. I must have played the crap out of these games. Oh yeah, I'm I was sure just the case. I was looking at like the the faux money in game, and it was just like, oh my gosh, yeah, I've built up a lot. So yeah, I've I've been enjoying that. Um, 
I think I mentioned ColecoVisions on that show, and I, uh, that one of them found a home. Yeah, that went to a buddy of mine, and uh, actually, I ended up burning the fast boot ROMs for it. And when you start a ColecoVision, it makes you look at like the the this game the the, the trademark screen or whatever it is for like twelve or fourteen seconds, which doesn't sound long but when you're just sitting there and staring at it it's an eternity over and over yes yes so the fast boot roms you can just push the fire button and jump past it so i ended up putting that in it and the buddy that bought the one i ended up actually he bought it and i stuck a composite video mod in there for him and that i may end up doing that i think i'm going to end up doing that on the one that i've still got and honestly what's going to happen is is i is when we ever get back to to something that's normal, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to do as I've done in the past and take that and whatever else I add to the kitty, the pile and like take it to expo or a show and just offer it and there just, yeah, and, yeah. and sell just it to somebody it. in person, yeah. you know, instead of trying to deal with eBay or yeah. any of that, any of that stuff. So, but I, I tell you, <laughs> I, I haven't done much arcade stuff because it's just been like, I, I keep digging. Yeah. I do. And, and I've, I've arcade wise, I re, I just was shocked, Whitney, at how much stuff I kept finding stored back in my laundry room. So my laundry room is actually rather big, and, and honestly, if I was the one that built this basement out, I would have done it different so that there wouldn't have been that much air quotes dead space back there that ends up just being storage. I'd have made this floor, the floor space more, but it is what it is without yeah. ripping out yeah. the back half of the room. I'm kind of, it's going to be that way. Yeah, you're, you're bound. And, yeah. and Whitney, I had, I had probably stacked, not stacked, like sitting on edge in a line. I, I, I know how much I had. I had, because when I put it, when I moved it all outside, I put it on a shelf that's four foot wide and it took three foot. I had a three foot pile of marquees in my laundry room on a shelf, mm. on two shelves. And I'm like, I don't need all. I found another monitor. I mean, I'm, I'm not monitor poor Whitney. I found another really nice Vision Pro that mm. I had protected, squirreled away on the very bottom shelf in the very back corner of the laundry room. I mean, it couldn't have got any further back in, in hiding than where it was. Yeah. Unless I dug a hole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, was, I was moving stuff I, in front of it. I had a little, it, I got two rows of shelves and at the, at the end of the row is the wall. And I had one of those little plastic like pipe and shelf shelving units. Like they're like 12 bucks, you know, it's like the PVC thing. Uh-huh. And I had it full of parts boards and I had a, like a, a storage tote in front of it full of parts boards and I, I was like, I don't need all this in here. I, I use these on rare occasion. They're helpful, but I don't need them taking up all the space in my laundry room. Yeah. So they went out on a big shelf outside. And as I was digging all them out, I'm like, there's a monitor hiding under here. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, it, this was a lot of why is this in my house? Yeah. And uh I think you saw my PCB storage solution at one point in time. I think I've talked about it on the show. Yes. The bread racks. Yes. Yes. Long ago, I got a, a, a stack of bread racks. And if you're, if you're out of, I don't know if it's common outside of the U S and maybe if you've never, there's probably a lot of people in the U S that's never even seen them. But if you've ever been in a bakery 
or maybe seen them stocking bread in a grocery store. A bread rack is, I don't know, Whitney, what, probably about 26 inches by 26 inches square by maybe whatever the height of a loaf of bread is, plus a couple inches deep. Yeah. And they interlock and stack. And yeah. that's how they ship bread without, so it doesn't crush. Yeah. Essentially, it's a stack of trays. It's a stack of trays. Yeah. yeah. Well, I come across like a 10 foot stack of these. And what I had a little cubby in the back of my laundry room that they perfectly stacked in. And that's where all my PCBs were. And I, I come to that conclusion. It's like right before, not, not LAX, not Louisville Arcade Expo, right before the last Southern Fried Game Room Expo. I know I talked about it on the show. I yep. took a bunch of stuff down there for sale. For the swap meet. For the swap yeah. meet. Yep. I went through all my PCBs, tested them all, well, most all of them, decided the keepers from the goers. And uh, all my keepers were in those bread racks you know, I reorganized everything and, and I, I would come to the conclusion. It's like, these don't need to be in the basement there. They will be just fine out in my garage. So all that stuff had to leave. I carted all that out and just, I just Whitney clean house end to end. Yeah. But I will mention too, you, you mentioned, uh, um, you mentioned the swap meet I've talked about this. We talked about this like back in late 2018. I mean, who remembers 2018? The concept of like a coin op swap meet. And the intention was, was to get local collectors. Um, the My buddies at Rec Bar, they have a warehouse facility. And the thought was they, they were kind of, they were on board with it at the time. I imagine they still would be, but we got to figure this out. It's been a year and a half and um, just basically get a bunch of people together, advertise it, put even have some space for people to come in day of and just have people come in and bring stuff to sell. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's put some of this stuff to use. And I, I know personally, I have a ton of stuff that, that would do a lot of people good, but it's a lot of it's small stuff. And it's difficult for me to offer, you know, new old stock buttons. I've got tons of buttons, joysticks, all kinds of that stuff. It's difficult for me with everything I've got going on to offer that for sale and ship somebody six two, buttons, two buttons, two buttons, yeah, exactly. three buttons. It's just too much. Yeah. And so that the intention was to try to bring a bunch of people in this, in this area together. And, and I've done stuff like that before and been very successful. Um, we end up having to postpone that as as we were, you know, my buddies were focusing on opening that New Albany location. And then right after that opened, we're all focused on Louisville Arcade Expo. And that was the last hurrah that that Saturday, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because like Monday, Tuesday, that week after the whole world put the brakes on everything. Mm -hmm. And here we sit. Mm -hmm. So I still want to bring that concept back. It would be nice to do something in the middle of the year. It's just because, I don't know, we're going to have to take a couple months here and see how things go. I, I got the word the other day, it looks like LAX, he officially canceled it. Yep. Yep. I saw that. So no Louisville Arcade Expo for 2021. Yep. And, and I kind of figured that because, yeah. I don't know, three or four weeks ago, Corey had posted that he was still kind of keeping tabs on things. and. I knew that he had to make a decision soon because mm -hmm. you, you can't. We're, we're almost through January. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to give people notice. Yeah. So I, I hate it, but I understand it. I understand it. I mean, 
I would be surprised if there are any shows to go to this year. I would be surprised. Um, well, I'm going to be so busy because, like I said, I'm cleaning out every closet in this yeah. house. You know? Well, I, I'm taking. <laughs> <No>. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm taking good advantage of my time as well. I, I will say that, but you know. We'll we'll get into that yeah, here in yeah. a second too. And then and other than that, Whitney, I picked up a couple RC monster trucks because why not? You know, let's just <laughs> let's just do it. Yeah, you know. Uh, Have you gone to race them anywhere, or is that? I mean, is that I, like next step or what? You know, I thought as I often do about doing something else. And there's a track that opened up just before the world went bonkers over in southern Indiana. And they have, they do, they have, it's an off-road, it's an indoor off-road style track. Okay. So you're talking uh, two and four wheel drive buggy and you can go out to the track and run whatever you want. I'm sure you just, you know, you pay when they're not racing or when they're not in like a sanctioned practice time or whatever. Yeah. If it's like any of them I've ever been to, they'll make them available to people just go out there and have fun. Uh-huh. You know, I, I'm pretty sure they've got rental trucks. Like if you want to go out there and rent a short course truck or something and just go, um, they do oval racing. And I thought, man, that would be fun to kind of get into. And it, it's a, it's a good way to get a, a, a an understanding of like a spatial understanding of where you are, in relation to other vehicles, but you're just doing it in an oval. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're, you're going through chicanes and your jumps and you're way across the, you know, this big space and you, you can't know, see the vehicle. Well, and, and, yeah. it's difficult, especially old man like me. Yeah. You know, it gets difficult, you know, yeah. trying to, trying to understand where you are in relation to a wall or another vehicle on the far side of a, of a track, yeah. you know, even up on a driver's stand. True. And, but then I thought, I like playing with these things. I like taking them out and running them around in the yard. People, you just generally call that bashing. I don't want to get to a point where I'm adding another hobby, let alone a competitive hobby. So I've, I've shied away from even going and watching, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and then the monster truck stuff, they do monster truck racing and they do it in the style of full size monster truck racing. Yeah. Where you're, you're basically running a big, one big loop. And it's, you know, two jumps and it's the first one through, you're done. It's not like a big, long protracted affair. Yeah. And they also do uh, RC monster truck freestyle. And one of the trucks I bought is like the hottest thing going right now, complete redesign of anything that's out there. And it's designed for like freestyle. Like I could take it up against that wall, Whitney and goose it. It'll climb that wall and do a backflip. <laughs> and this thing is yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Google. Um, if you're out there listening, Google low C L O S I low C L M T. So they, they were out probably at this point about two months ago, three months ago. To, oh yeah. That thing's whoa. Which one are you looking at? The grave digger? Yeah. Yeah. The, they've got a grave digger and son of grave digger. Oh yeah. That's the current livery they've got on them. Whoa. And those jokers are big. They are sweet. Well, I've got one upstairs. You can see it in first hand. Okay. And, uh, I, they they got them out to the reviewers. You you want to talk about some marketing, Whitney? You think Stern has it down? Uh-huh. Losey nailed it. They got it out to reviewers. Uh, like I said, probably at this point, probably two months, two and a half months ago. And it lit up all the RC, you know, channels and all that. I mean, people were beating the crap out of them. These things are built very well. 
they're really quick for what they are. They're stout. They're fun. I mean, they're just, just watching them. You're like, I'm having fun watching this person have fun. It's yeah. awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I went and as soon as a hobby, the local hobby shop got them in, like within a day I went and saw one. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm taking it. <laughs> I'm taking it. Cause I, I don't have time to really mess with it now. And it's been really sloshy and muddy here. Which oh, the the weather has just been horrid. Actually, over the past week or so. it would be great to run it in because it sure would just it tear would. it up. But, but I don't want to stand out there. Yeah, know? yeah. And I want I want to run it a couple times and not totally thrash it before I totally thrash it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. So I haven't even run it yet, but I wanted to get my hands on it because I the, as soon as they showed up, they started disappearing, and I, like they showed up. Whatever day they showed up, I was there the next day, and I bought the last one they had. Oh, they went that they fast. They were flying. Yeah. yeah. They had a row of them on the floor that were already sold. People had already paid for them. And then plus the ones that weren't sold had already gone. I bought the I bought the last one. Oh, got it. Got so it. I wanted to get my hands on it. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, I had no idea that they were that they were as uh, scaled as they are. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're large. Oh yeah, they're that and it's still considered I think like a one tenth scale. Okay. But you gotta remember the mon the real monster trucks, like a gravedigger or son of they are huge. Yeah. In real life. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then if yeah. you scale that down to a you know, tenth scale It's still big. It's still big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's big. Yeah. That's anyway, a, that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PC parts and mantra trucks. Yeah, yeah I, I get it. I get it. Well, I'll say this, Brent. Um, all things considered, you you still wound up doing a lot better than me. Okay. Because, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because despite the challenges there, um, and, and we'll, we'll probably this is probably the right time to uh, to address this. And you know, and I I talked to you about this, and and just a, you know a couple other folks that have reached out to me and everything, but. From from an update standpoint, and I, I'm I'm going to ask for I'm going to ask for just a little favor on this because I do actually have about two and a half months worth of updates here, to, <laughs> updates here to run through. Okay, but I've got them grouped well, so it, it shouldn't be too awful bad. But the reason that I wasn't here for for November and December is because of the timing, Brent. I I wound up giving I wound up getting COVID, and um, it was. Uh, it was it was quite the experience, and and so I wound up getting sick the week before Christmas. Uh, not Christmas. I'm sorry. The week before Thanksgiving, and um, now are you sure you were sick, or were you just making an, a weak wink excuse? Yeah, no, I was. <laughs> I, I was sick. And, uh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was sick. I've I've got the card to prove it, and. Uh, and so the week before Thanksgiving, I come down with uh, with just a horrendous. Uh, essentially chest cold and um, I guess congestion that led into uh, that led into fever, you know, a nightly fever that would break in the break sometime overnight. I'd be okay during the day. It would come back every every night. Uh, you know, cuddle up on the on the couch or in a chair under a blanket, and you just sit there and you kind of hate life for uh, for for me probably about two and a half going on three weeks and. And Brent, I will say this, every night of getting a fever and then it breaking while you sleep and then it coming back the next day, after you've done that 10 times in a row, you're you're not feeling very good. It just, yeah. it wears you out. And um, 
man, I had the worst muscle aches of my entire life. And I, I know that I took so much ibuprofen over the course of three weeks that I started to get scared for as much, as much ibuprofen as I was taking. And I'm like, like because of like liver damage or, or just because it wasn't knocking it out? Uh, well, because it wasn't, well, it, let's put it this way. I'm going to answer your question. Okay. Okay. The, the, okay. The, the, right. the only way I could sleep for three, for roughly three weeks was taking way more ibuprofen than and I probably you, should have you taken. Felt comfortable yes. Then yeah, I, I felt you. comfortable with taking. If I didn't take that, then the muscle aches through my legs and in my hips, Brent, I couldn't even sit down. I, I mean, I, I was walking around the house like I ha- like I was developing a um, a- almost like almost like a nervous system issue because I couldn't sit still. You know, I, I mean, it-, it was almost like I was it's almost like I, I had other problems, you know, mm-hmm. and because it hurt to sit down, it hurt to lay down. I mean, my, my muscles would just knot up and my knees would hurt. My hips would hurt and everything else. And the only comfort that I, that I would have is while I was upright and walking. And that's the only way that I could be comfortable. And, um, in order for me to sit down and eat or in order for me to, to even just go to bed, I would have to muscle up on the ibuprofen to get me to buy myself six somewhere between six and eight hours of sleep. Um, and I'm sure that helped the fever break and everything like that. And then I would just get up and repeat it the very next day, you know, through, through all the time that I was working, you know, the pain and stuff. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to take any ibuprofen during the day because I just come off of three times the dose that I should have taken to begin with. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've got to give my body a, a 12 hour cycle here before I sock it to it again, just to be able to go in my, lay down in my bedroom and go to sleep. And so throughout the whole thing, I, I never lost taste and I never lost smell, oddly enough. But um, it, I mean, I definitely had shortness of breath and I can, and Brent, I'm telling you, even sitting here right now, I can still tell where I do not have a hundred percent of my wind back. I just don't. I mean, I'm, I would consider myself as having 98 and a half percent back. But you know but it's still I can, a little... I can tell a little difference between me today versus me at the 1st of November last year before before I got COVID. I can tell. And... Uh, it's it's just it's odd you know i was talking with a a friend a coworker of mine that's had it as well and um you know i, I mean i exercise i exercise um consistently throughout the week okay mm-hmm. and um there was there was a point where um it hurt so bad to exercise but i forced myself to do it anyway because Brent, I was concerned that if I did not keep my heart rate up and breathing and pushing my lungs and everything like that, because I have had lung issues in the past as, as a child, I had double lung pneumonia and uh, my lungs were compromised anyway. Brent, I was more scared for what it would do to me if I just sat in a chair and, and just let it do whatever it was going to do. I purposely made myself get up and exercise every single day just so that I could offset or try to offset in my mind anyway. Now, I'm no doctor and I don't play one on TV, but you you get to a point to where you know 
am I, am I better off just letting this ravage me or am I better off fighting this as much as I can? In in my mind, in my heart of hearts, in my mind, I thought I, I'm going to have to get up and I'm going to have to get up and work through this, even even if it hurts. See now that that makes sense to me. Yeah, because to me, when I have for years, yeah, unless it's been something rather debilitating, like maybe a stomach issue or something. Yeah, if if uh, um, I, I will. I will do the same. I will get up and my workout might not be as, as strenuous as yeah. when I'm feeling well, uh, but it's still there. Or it could even just be as simple as I'm going to get up and walk. Uh-huh. I'm going to get up and move. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, especially when I've got something going on sinus allergy related, I really like to try to get heated up and get that. Now what you're talking about, you're in the lungs. Yes. And even uh, I'm trying to remember I've had definitely had bronchitis, uh-huh. and um, I may. I'm sure that even then, I'm up and I'm trying to. It, it just makes me feel better. I don't know if it's the endorphins. I don't know yeah. if it's getting getting the the body moving. And, and but I'm this. I'm the same way. If if, yeah. if if unless I'm completely debilitated. It, it I feel it always serves me better, and it sounds like it does you too. To, and I think a lot of people will say this to move. Yeah, to move and to and to push. Right, and to push. I mean, even after most surgeries, I mean, people are getting their hips done, and they have them walking at least up. Yeah, that day. That day. That's exactly. They're moving. Yes, that's exactly so, right. Anyway, you. That's what you were striving to do. That's what like. I was striving to do, and and I did. And we're covering a lot of ground in this show. I, I know. At I, some I point know. in time, we're going to have to talk about video games. We, we will. <laughs> trust me, we will. Um, I, I tend to think that that our show is more of a reflection on life with video games and pinball <laughs> mixed in. That's it's, what it's, it's become. Pro- it's sure. probably it's it's become that. How, how about that? Yeah. And so. I figured that the best, and hey, there's therapy in all of this, okay? <laughs> so, I, I mean, I did. I figured that the best thing for me to do is to just keep, is just to stay up and keep moving as best as I could, and um, and and I, I'm fortunate because I never got I never got so down and out though that I could not do that. But I'm not going to say that it that it was easy because it wasn't because I could feel, you know, I would get winded. I, I didn't have any energy. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, you talk about the, the intensity. No, there's no way I could keep up the intensity of what my normal exercise routine is. I, the gas just was not in the tank. All that being said. Brent, it took it took easily three three ish weeks for me to pull through that, and um, at that point, uh, I went ahead and went to uh, went to my doctor and had a COVID test because you know talking with my wife and everything, she's like, "Oh, Whitney, you've." Yeah, you you should go get a test and just at least know whether or not that's what you had, and um, and I did. I went to the doctor, got the got uh, got got the full got the full COVID test, not a quick one or anything like that, and uh, it, it came back as positive. And then after three and a half weeks, I was still uh, you know I was put under like another ten day quarantine, and so my my whole ordeal wound up taking me from the middle of November right up until the week before Christmas. So that, that I was either sick or, or under health department quarantine. So, um, that, that's, that's kind of where I've been, I guess is, is the best way to say it. 
and it was it was just a weird Thanksgiving. It was a weird Christmas, and it, you know, it was just uh, it, it was just all part. It was just, I guess, kind of all part and parcel. The one thing that I that I did want to mention though, before I hop off of this topic, is um, I did find I did find this interesting because um, I, I know I've I don't know if I've talked about this on the show before. I, I think I have. I'd have to go back and look, or I think it's been brought up in passing. But um, I am um, I'm a big believer in donating blood. And so, Brent, two weeks ago, I went and did my most recent blood donation with American Red Cross. And ever since um, ever since the pandemic started back in March of 2020, they have been doing COVID antibody screenings of of your of your blood donation and everything like that. So now I've heard a little in the media about, you know, this take that with a grain of salt yeah 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 i get it Uh, let's just not yeah Uh, but there's there's this been there there was this hot minute where there was a chatter about having if do your part if you've got um the antibodies in blood it it, so is that where this is going i mean is is well are they looking for that they are looking for that now they are actively screening every single blood donation for the for covid19 antibodies and it's uh i mean i do like almost i manage almost all of my relationship with the red cross through their through their mobile phone app okay Through, through their smartphone app and uh there's a special spot in the app now where um where when you go and look at the results of your last blood donation where they tell you, you know did did it pass did it pass initial screenings do you have any do you have was there anything caught do you have you know i mean something you know communicable diseases like aids mm-hmm. or something like that yeah it, it, they they run all of those tests and um and now they're doing a COVID COVID nineteen antibody screening, and I, I was not surprised, and actually ple- and relieved that uh, that my last blood donation came back COVID nineteen antibody positive, and so. Um, you know, I put, I put the marker on my calendar because, you know, I had COVID-19 in November, in December, kind of coming out of it in, you know, mid-December. Now that was mid-January, or the first week of January, first third of January, I go and do a blood donation and have, and tested positive for the antibodies. Now I'm, now I'm curious as to how long the antibodies are going to, I'll be positive for the antibodies. Is it going to be two months? Is it going to be four months? Is it going to be six months? I mean, you hear on the media where it could be any length of time. Who knows? That's kind of why I asked about, it sounds like they're testing for it, obviously. They they are testing, yes. But I never heard any follow-up as to, you know, you would think people, I would think I would know why they would want that to help with studies, to understand how long they'll be out and, you know, how long do the antibodies last in the average person? Is there some benefit to people that have the antibodies in their blood? You know, a person being transfused with that, I can understand that, but I never heard any follow up as to, you know, is to, yeah. Yeah. So that's why I was asking. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a great question. And I don't really know what follow up there is either. Um, I I don't know if a health department's going to contact me or if there's going to be additional contact, you know, contact tracing or anything along those lines. But the one thing that I, that I am committed to doing is, um, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that once, once my test comes back, 
antibody negative, I'll follow up here on the show with you and everybody else see how and, long see, it was. and see how long it was. That's exactly right. Now, the question is, how long am I immune to COVID-19? I don't know. Am I, I mean, am I immune the entire time? I'm antibody positive. I, I mean, you would think so, but I don't know. Um, I'm certainly not going to, you know, just, just rip and run and, and test that theory out because, <laughs> I sure don't want to relive what I went through, um, in, especially uh, in the thought that it could be worse than it was. But anyway, I, I mean, that's uh, that's my soapbox on that. And I'm just speaking purely and 100 percent from experience. Nothing more, nothing less. But uh, I think that there's as much uh, interesting about it. It just for me, I'm just interested in the clinical side of it. How long do I had? How long do I stay antibody positive? How long would I be immune and things like that? So, and I've not had the vaccine, and I don't know when I'll get the vaccine. I don't know when we'll be eligible. Yeah, blah blah blah. I, I have no idea. All I know is what I'm seeing through the app and my interaction with the Red Cross. And, you know, 50, 58 days later, I'll go donate blood again and I'll get another test run and we'll see what it says. You know, so I, I just I just think that interesting. I mean, you know? to, to a certain degree, I'm not a virologist, but you've got a natural vaccine at this point. Yeah, I mean, exa- that's, exactly. A yeah. vaccine is going to stimulate the, the same response. An, uh, the, yeah, a, 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 an antibody response. That's so exactly you're, right. I mean, you're in like Flynn at this point. At this point, yeah, exactly. Now, how long? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody knows. Yeah, you're no. exactly right. There's a, there's a there's a lot of uh, as with most things in life, I have discovered there's a lot of uh, definite statements made by people that. I don't know anything. They don't know anything. Yet, yet yeah. And that, yet that goes speak in all walks of life. It does. Yeah. It does. And especially over the past year, and speak authoritatively about it. Yes. Trying to make it so. Yeah. But it but it can be. So yeah, it's 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 just an interesting thing. And and then one thing I, I have did, become the cynical old man. <laughs> we we are there. Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> it, it, uh, Hey, on that um, on that Halloween costume and Christmas present, I'm going to make sure there's a there's a little lawn in, in you oh, know yeah. as part of that for you, okay? Uh, and before before I hop off this this whole you know this whole topic of uh, you know COVID or being sick and recovering from being sick and everything like that. I do want to give a special shout out to to my to my good to my good friend Alex who I, he has he has pulled through his own ordeal and Brent I, I don't know if um if, if you've um if you've been, been kind of keeping up with that but poor Alex has uh, I think I know the highlights yeah he has finally gotten and I'm so happy for him for this he has finally gotten his his broken arm fixed via via pinning via surgery and I talked to Alex for oh, it's quite been a like while a year it, it has been essentially that and well. he, he finally got that sorted and taken care of and i'm so glad to report that he is on the road to to recovery and he's doing much better and so um yeah. it took a it took a year yeah. to get to the point where they would do it yeah exa- exactly exactly and and the poor man he suffered he suffered through oh it. i can and, only and, imagine yeah he, he did and i mean I, every picture of him i saw he had his arm in a sling and he couldn't work i'm sure yeah and, and you know and that's 
detrimental the further it goes on. But but anyway, I, I you know I, I just want to say I'm just so Yo, so happy so for I. Alex, and I'm happy he's going to get his life back, and I'm happy he's going to be able to do what he wants to do now. So Alex, we love you, and we're been thinking about you, and, and I'm just glad that glad that it is well, he, it's better. He can start square dancing again too. Oh yes, yes, to American country music. Yes, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. You, I mean, it's hard to do that with just one wing. Yeah, you have yeah. to have so that you can do the, yeah. the spins. And all. The, the spins know. and everything. Yeah, you know. Well, good for yeah, Alex. Yeah, so toss your partner round and round. I, I would know. see a picture of him with with his arm. Uh, in in the, in the sling and yeah. my heart just broke. yeah it's it's tough and and the reason well I wanted to bring it up for that reason but the one thing that I did want to make note of is uh, I, I could tell he was doing better because uh, you know he he kind of kicked off the 2021 YouTube season on on his channel Nintendo Arcade. And he did a really good retrospective video on the work that we did on Skyskipper. And I, and he did a playthrough video. He talked through some of the projects, some of the history. He showed some pictures that I hadn't seen for forever and a day. And, and I could tell he was he was better because he was able, you know, he, he was able to play to play the game on, you know, on, on his YouTube channel that does take both hands, that does take both arms, mm-hmm. being being in good shape to do that. And then he also made mention of uh, of something that I I know I don't think I've talked about here on the show either. Maybe I have. I have to go back through the show notes, but I don't believe so. Um, he talked about a book called Beyond Donkey Kong, and it's the author's name is Ken Horowitz, and we'll have uh, a link in the show notes to this book. But uh, Ken reached out to both myself and Alex months and months and months ago. Now it seems. And uh, essentially did an entire chapter in his book about uh, about the Skyskipper project, and Alex did a real nice uh, a real nice summary on that as well. And in uh, in Alex, he's he's doing a high score contest for Skyskipper now. And if you play it on the Switch or play it on Mame, you can you could submit a score over on his uh, over on his Facebook page. Uh, and it, it was it was just really nice because I could tell he was in much better spirits, and the video showed the be- it showed all the better for that. So, um, yeah, I'm just glad he's doing better, and I'm glad that he's got that behind him. I'm glad that I've got. Hopefully, I've got the COVID stuff behind me. Hopefully, there's there's no longer term ramifications for it and everything like that. So, anyway, that was where I was at. That's the reason why I wasn't on last month's show. It's the reason why there wasn't really a November show. And um, and, and there's that. So, not it's not the best excuse, but it is an excuse. So, you know, be that be that as it may. Now, as far as what I've been up to. Ah uh, man, how, what's what's the best way to say this? Um, no good. Yeah, yeah. So so my my whole deal about uh, about pin shop twenty twenty, where I was going through and shopping all my pins. Uh, you know, the one thing about being sick is that I was left with a lot of restless time on my hands. And so, so you, you bought a lot of stuff. No, no, actually, <laughs> believe it or not, I didn't really buy that much. And I'm very proud of myself for that. You know, I, I didn't feel like, Brent, I'm going to See, you, I've I, run into that problem here recently. Yeah, no, 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 Where, I, no. I, that being said, I've got a box from Vector Labs in the front seat of my oh, Jeep, geez. okay, where I bought some switchers. But, but I didn't buy that much. But... I mean, I didn't feel like working on anything, but I, I pressed myself through and it's like, if I don't continue working on this stuff, I, I mean, I, I'm going to be shopping these pins for nine months. And so, so I went ahead and started and pushed through shopping my Star Trek and my, and my Iron Man. 
And Brent, I'm now happy to say that outside of my TNA, which it which does not require shopping, but I am doing just a couple fixes and a couple mods to it. I, I've got all my pins shopped. I've got them all updated to Titans. I've got them cleaned. I, you know, I've I've replaced all the broken lane guides. I, I mean, I've done. I've installed all my mods. Done, dude. I've done everything that I can possibly do to my pins. They're done. Well, good. You know? Why don't you come over here and help me clean out some closets? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let's let's talk about what what this led to for me. Okay, because. <laughs> Because if show listeners think think my updates are terrible, you know what? Yeah. I've got a plumbing thing on the agenda after this mess, oh, so oh it's boy. only going to get worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the good thing about it is I didn't, at least over the past two and a half months, I've not had anything like that happen. But I've also not, uh, you know, I've not been able to make any progress on Zookeeper. But the great thing about it is when TNA's done, Zookeeper's next. Okay, I'm, I'm saying that. And, and there's several reasons why, why I want to do that. But from a game room update standpoint... It's interesting how stuff balloons because um, over the course of the Christmas holiday, between Christmas and and now, when when we're recording this, um, we we've done a little bit of additional painting inside the house. And what's what's been awesome about that is Brent. Once we get to painting, it's so much easier to justify doing a couple of additional things while you're doing a couple additional motions <laughs> while, a, that's, while you're painting. That's, that's the might as well. It, it's the might as well. Might as well do it while I'm here. Might as well do it while, while we've got it going. And so Brent, what, uh, after I did some, after we got some painting done that, that Jackie wanted to have done upstairs, our dining room in, in a sitting room, I, I pretty much thought, you know something, I'm going to correct a longstanding issue that I should have done years ago when I assembled my the, the home theater downstairs in our basement is I should have blacked the ceiling out on that room. And I wound up going ahead and uh, painting the ceiling in my home theater, the whole the whole thing. I painted it black and I repaint, repainted the walls and everything a darker orange. It's the, the home theater is a combination of orange and gray on the walls, and now the ceiling's black. Okay, it works out really well. And while that was whereas good, my game room looks like a circus tent. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, you so you've got purple, green, and white is what you've got in orange. In orange, yeah, 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 true, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Well, I, I had to. I, I mean, I, I did a darker, mine is my home theater or my basement. It's it's like, it's like a darker orange, kind of like a burnt orange, a dark charcoal gray. Those are the walls. And then the ceiling is I black. Say you can't see all the orange that's down here is back here behind me in the shadows. It, 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 it is. It's, yeah. it's in the so, shadows right but now, it's but, probably it's, darker. but it's, it's there. Yeah. It's it, probably darker than then you, your orange is probably darker than it that. is. Yes, yeah, because yes. that's a pretty bright. It's, it's like a Tennessee Titan orange or yeah, something. Isn't it? Yeah, it, or it, Tennessee, it, whoever it is, I don't know. It, um, it, it Tennessee Volunteers. Is that what it is? It, okay, it, yes, right. Volunteers. I, I, all I know is sports. Yeah, I don't know. Yours is more like a traffic cone, more like a bright traffic cone yes, orange. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yours, your space is more of a family space. Yes. Whereas this is a this basement is a dedicated game room. So it's that, crazy colors. And everything exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, I like that. I like painting the ceiling in that room black so much that I thought, you know, something. If I'm ever going to do this. I'm going to do it now. And so I hauled Brent, I tore my game room down again, again. And I hauled all my pinball machines out. I hauled all the arcade games out. 
I hauled it all out. There wasn't even, I'm gonna, just going to tarp it all no, and just go. No, no. I hauled it all out. And I painted the ceiling black in my game room. I should have done that three years ago. I really should. And I, and I don't even know why I didn't. What color was it again? It was white. The ceiling oh, okay. was white. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. The Typical white. builder Builder white. Wi- builder yeah. white, yeah. And um, and while I was doing all this, I, I installed uh, new ce- a new ceiling fan in the arcade and put a new ceiling fan up in, in the home theater as well. Bla- black ceiling fans. And... Um, you know, Brent, I th- I think that when I painted the game room the first time, I was so anxious to get games lined up that I, that I put on a coat of color on the walls to get the color that I wanted, and then I called it a game room. You know, it's like, oh, let me paint that room, or let me paint that those two walls blue and those two walls purple. That's a game room, and then you just start I lining stuff up. And and I've learned that I, I should have held off and finished the ex, finished the perimeter the way that I truly wanted it before lining everything up and doing everything. But I can say now that I, I, got, I got it like I wanted. It's it's good because I, you know, I wound up painting the ceiling black and I blacked out all of the raceway and everything like that. And then I wound up hanging up all new art. And I'm so happy for this. Brent, I took all the cheesy art that I had in my game room, just like posters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Stuff's gone. And I put everything, I reframed everything and, and themed it all proper perfect and um and and then i put up an rgb led light strip that goes the entire perimeter around the 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 top of the wall at the where the where the top of the wall and the ceilings meet Mm -hmm. the ceiling not ceilings ceiling meets and I, i put i put a rgb uh led strip around the perimeter of the room and man it looks so good and the light strip is black and it blends in perfectly you don't even see it you know it just looks like there's light up there and it's it's awesome and i've got a link in the show notes to the to the you, rgb leds that i use you're okay? actually you just saved me some some trouble okay because now this isn't for the game room at one point in time i thought about getting some el wiring well EL, I, I had el wiring and i took it all down don't do that because number one, it, it has it has a wine to it. Okay, the oh, inver- it does. The inverter no. that powers it. Yeah. Has a okay. Wine to I, it. I was about to say it does, but you're right. I have heard that. Yes, yep. it has a wine. I, I'm to like it. heard it, heard it. Like yeah. on, yes, yeah. yeah. Well, let's put it this way: the the inverter that I had on my EL wire when I because I started with EL wire before these RGB LED strips were quote unquote commercially yeah and that was okay when i was having the idea it was to follow i've kind of got this weird line down here in my basement my i actually have like ceilings yeah i have a two-tier deal because i have when you come down the steps there's uh kind of a little relief for your head if Uh that makes sense and then there's the lowest part in the room which is we're some duct work is boxed in. I've got the same. And then I got a step up. I've got the same thing. And it's not a straight. It kind of runs this. I don't know how you describe that, Whitney. It's kind of an interesting kind of just the way it's shaped. Trapezoidal kind of shape, I guess. And I was going to run like a couple tracks of of EO wire on that. Don't, and don't because like you said at the time it was it was the best we could get exactly well yeah. and when i when i did the perimeter light in my game room the first time i did it with el wire and i tacked it up against the ceiling and everything like i was that. worried i was wondering how to even to secure it because yeah. it was so kind of delicate and i didn't want to 
anyway yeah, yeah. I, well i use these little invisible white plastic clips and it, it actually oh, so, worked the, really, so that the light would come through them and you the, wouldn't see the dead spots you, you wouldn't see a dead spot okay. yeah and, and i'll tell you i think i had a really good setup but when you turned it all on the invert the power inverter made made the el wire wine yep. so bad that i could even hear it over some games and and after i realized how it looked really good, but after I realized that it was wearing me slick out because of the way it sounded and yep. everything, once it, it gets in your brain, it once, stays there. Yep. Once it earworms you, you it, you you never unhear it. Yep. And, and, and Grace even commented on it. She's like, "Daddy, what is that?" And I'm like, "It's it's you see the light across the ceiling. It's the power box that makes that work." And she's like, "Turn it off." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah," because for her, it was. I mean, it would like hurt her ears. Oh, wow. And I'm like, "It's coming down," and so. So I, I did. I replaced that with these RGB LED strips. And Brent, they are... Um, let's see, here we go. Theater of the mind. <laughs> Magnifique. Okay? So they, they're they're just... They're awesome. Well, you're actually solving a problem for me that is absolutely not related to my game room. It's, it's related to some stuff I've got upstairs yeah. through the family room. Okay. And I won't even get into it deeper because it's such an, it's a, such an off-topic thing. But um, you just saved me some research. Well, good. Because so. because here's what I did. Um, the the, the, the I, This is a 105-foot light strip. Oh, I, yeah. I'm used to seeing these in like the, what? 15, couple, 15 or 30 foot. Oh, not even or, that long. The yeah. couple meter little roll. Yeah, no, this you is know, this is 105. When you go, when you yeah. buy them, like you're buying kits to make them for like underlight kits on pinballs and yeah. stuff like that, they yeah. come in a couple meter roll. Well, what's interesting about these kits on Amazon is that just like a five gallon bucket of RGB LEDs. It, it, it really is. It really is, and they work so well. They're, I mean, they they're fantastic. What's interesting though is this is the third kit that I wound up trying. So I ordered a kit. Got it in. Again, you're unpacked doing this it. research for me. No, no worries. Wasn't <laughs> happy with it. Sent it back. Got another kit. Got it in. Wasn't happy with it. Sent it back. Got this kit. Totally happy with it. Said, this is what goes up on the wall. And uh, and again, I'll have a link to this in the show notes. But one thing that I will say, though, Brent. I'm adding is, it to my Amazon cart right now. Fair enough. One thing that I will say is that throughout this entire process of painting my ceiling black in my game room, I now ha- I am now very, very acutely aware of what my maximum game capacity is in my room. Because I, I have sw- re-swizzled it three ways to Sunday. And um, I, I now know what the limit on that room is. And it's based upon the fact that I will not get rid of any of my pinball machines. So... As as the lay as the best layout could possibly be, I can fit eight pins in that room and fourteen video games, and that's it. That that's it. So now, what that has forced me to do now is to take a really hard look at my collection and the game, the fourteen video games that I keep in that room, and say, how do I get the absolute most bang for the buck out of fourteen cabinets in that room? And it is going to force me to get rid of some games because before I had, before I got pinball machines, Alex and I were talking about this before I got pinball machines, I could literally fit (laughs) no joke. If, if I, if I did, if, if I did just a little bit of magic on how I, and on how I had a few games back to back, like your time pilot and your Phoenix and everything like that, I could fit 30 games in that, in that room, 30 in that room. What's in here now? One, two, video. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
8, 9, 10, uh-huh. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 19 uprights, uh-huh. one of which is a cabaret, yeah. and then a 20th is a hydro thunder. Yeah. So 20, 20 videos. In six, in six pins. One, two, three, four, five, seven. Oh, oh, seven. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. Yep, yep. 20 and seven. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, if I, I've got a, I'm, I'm in that same boat because the, I, I could see rotating a couple, w- the bang for the buck, you know, I'm going to do, I, yeah. I, I am now going to be forced to go bang for the buck. Yeah. I, I am and because there, there's going to be, um, there, there's going to be some games that stay. There's going to be some that go, and then I'm going to con- I'm going to do some consolidation. I mentioned the Vector Lab Switcher. Um, you know, when I said you know spend spending a little bit of money, we, I'm I'm going to load up like one of my Nintendo cabinets with three board, you know, with a, a, a DK DK Junior DK three, you know, and things like that because. Brent, I, Why I just, do you need that much Donkey Kong? Because it's Donkey Kong, brother. <laughs> I well, mean, I'll yeah. go with DK three. I kind of like DK three, but yeah. with the rest, uh, man, I'm, I'm so, how, whatever. How can you be so wrong? <laughs> so, so, so anyway, I don't know, you and Back to the Future, whatever. Yeah, I, hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, but th- this has definitely forced me to say what is really going to be in my lineup because earlier in my collecting career, Brent, when I when I knew that I could fit thirty games in my game room, I didn't oh, have I, all kinds of stuff. I, I didn't have to be that selective because yeah. it's like, oh yeah, yeah, oh I want a time pilot or yeah, no problem, I can fit one over there. Oh Frogger, yeah, I can fit that over there. That's no problem. Yep. I mean, I was I was bringing stuff in because because theoretically. I couldn't run out of room with 30 games. You could always say I can always bring one in because I can find somewhere else to stick that one. Yeah. So, so, so it was like, there was, there was never a cap to me mentally. You know, it's like, Oh, I, Oh, I want to bring in a Neo Geo. That's no problem. I'll find a place for Neo Geo. This place up. uh, We talked about it on the show. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember setting this place up and and having games down here. I was like, I just haven't been here to fill space. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, because it's like, I need 30 games in here to fill this thing up, you know? Well, that's not the way now. So, so now I've got to be a bit more selective. That is going to force me to sell some more games and, and things like that. But, but what is interesting about all of that, though, Brent, is I, I, I finally have the game room set up the way that I that that I know I'm going to be satisfied with it long term, and I am so happy because it, it gave me the opportunity to hang up like all the skyskipper artwork and stuff, the the collateral from the skyskipper project and everything like that. You know, Brent, I felt like I took care of some business that had not been taken mm-hmm. care of in, in two, two years, you know, well, look, probably I, the best I way to say it. I don't know if you've noticed it. One of the things I, I like down here is, um, space. I, I'd like to do more artwork. I'd like to, I'd like to decorate more. Yeah. Yeah. And the ceiling is so low that I can't do anything above the games. Cause I, 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 I can't even put the, the topper on my Jurassic park cause it won't fit. It won't fit. Yeah. But, um, if you notice where I decorate a lot and as I've dug through stuff, I found a lot of things, paper things that I've actually gone out and I, they're over here behind me. I'm, yeah. I'm 
I might have to get him and talk about them on the next show. Yeah. Where I have gone and gotten frames and like, this is cool. Like it was a, like it was the, how much do tokens cost from an Aladdin's castle card <laughs> yeah. that I got out of the bottom of a game. And there's the jam, a wiring harness diagram written on the back of it. But on the front side of it, it's from an Aladdin's castle. Yeah, so the, there's, there's something period. Yeah. There. Yeah. So that's really cool in an inexpensive little frame hung up in a collage somewhere with other stuff. And yeah, but what I've started doing with more tangible period type things is look stacked on the top was starting to show up on the top of my game oh yeah exactly board games and then and then just topper stuff and so like look over here on my battle zone those are that that's a that lego 402 set uh-huh. that was my first lego set oh. of course it's complete because yeah. that's the way i roll yeah but uh <laughs> those two expert builder sets i played with those three sets like you couldn't imagine uh-huh. and then what i did if anybody's thinking of doing this I got some of that hand, like a that real th- narrow shrink wrap from like a Walmart or a pack, uh, a shipping store. You know, that's just it looks like it's on a wand and it yeah. comes off on a roll. It's yeah, like yeah. with the toilet paper. Yeah, yeah. And I just zipped it around the outer edge to keep it closed, so if it fell off or somebody was down here and decided to take a look at it, it wouldn't. I wouldn't have Lego everywhere. Yeah, that's a very good move. Yes. Um, and then some board games over there. I just picked up that snazzy Knight Rider board game. Uh, there's a Miss Pack and a Donkey Kong. Yes, yeah, save me. A board game. <laughs> Thank and then, you. Thank did, you, did you have you ever seen Capsella, the Cap- builder sets? No, no. Uh, I, no. They're, they're little ca- round capsules with six interface points around the perimeter of the of the sphere, and you they'll have like gear trains in them. And oh, okay, uh, um, you can put like little props on them and make like boats out of them and they float and they have like, you can make cars with belt drives and a switch and it'll, Oh, that's cool. And it, all kinds of stuff. So it's so, like plug and play engineering is yes. what it is. Yeah. So I played with those like you wouldn't believe when I was little, guess what? Period. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So I've started doing that's, I understand that man. Yeah. I, years ago, I didn't care for that. I was like, ah, who cares? It just put the games down here. And now it's becoming more yeah. of a, uh, yeah, I, I, I want more atmosphere. Yeah, I want atmosphere. There, yeah. there, there you go. And so I have, I paid a, I paid a lot of attention. Yeah. 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 And, and so, yeah, the board games that is, and man, even I'm just looking at some of them. It's like, I've not seen that in, 20 years that's that's an old clue that's the clue board game that my family played yeah and uh, uh i've got my electronic battleship back here around oh, the corner man and i just you get a game that's got a relatively flat spot like the gore for the berserk or uh that battle zone yeah and it it i like that it yeah. makes a nice stable place and it, it almost if you think about it it almost looks like you put it up there and this is the family could come down here and grab it. And that's, that's where it's stored. It it looks, it almost looks like it should be there. Yeah, it really does. They're not, they're not, if you notice, they're not perfect. They're all kind of like, I just put, yeah, you know, they they look like they were kind of tossed up there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's much of what I was going for with the the artwork is creating some atmosphere and, and trust me, it, it matters. And um, I also got the opportunity to uh, put up all of my pinball translites 
in my lit frames that, that I've bought over the course of the past year and a half because I've been buying those things, you know, two at a time or whatever and just keeping them. I've, I've been putting them on ice and just keeping them because I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I couldn't do it with all the games in the room. You know, Brent, I can't crawl over my pinball machines to hang translites yeah. behind them. You know, I just can't. But you know what? When I hauled everything out of the room and I painted the ceiling, then I redid every single one of those walls. It makes it so and much better. And it makes better. it so much better. And, and dude, I'm, I'm going to tell you, at some point, I'm going to submit my game room to Stern for game room of the month and see if they'll, see, see if, if they'll, they'll take it. See if they'll take it. Yeah. Because let me tell you, let me tell you, man, with, with, uh, with, with my pinball lineup and everything and, and the trans lights lit up and, and stuff and black light and, and I've got, you know, the run DMD clock and it just in everything else going on. Dude, it looks pretty swank. Oh, I'm sure it looks it does. pretty swank. You know, so anyway, so all that's all that's to be said. That game room update. That's I tore my game room down just to build it all up again. So <laughs> now, and the only other thing that that I do want to that I do want to make a mention of, and Brent, we've got uh, the mailbag segment coming up. I've got a couple of a uh, couple of questions and comments and feedbacks that have come in, and one of them is is for you. <laughs> well, I just one of them is for you, and it's so good. I it's just, so good. I'm not reading it because yes. I want to see it. Ho- I want to. Oh. I want to experience it live. Yeah, as I, I re- as I read it, but oh, it's so I, good. I noticed the first the subject says Brent's pinball purchasing rant. Oh yeah, yeah. It, oh, I read it all and I laughed out loud <laughs> while I was reading it. it off, it's so get good. Get off my lawn. Yeah, it's so good. And so the last thing that that I want to bring up, and it is a continuation from uh, from shows past, you know, the past the past couple of shows that, that I've been on. We've been talking a bit about three D printing. Okay, and uh, we made mention of this even before we hit the record button and started going. And uh, as everybody knows, I, I got um, I got an Ender Three Pro, and I've had it now for ten months. Okay, and uh, yeah, not, between nine and ten months now. And so I got it right right after the pandemic. You know, I started with it right, right around the pandemic time. And so ultimately, my you know my. My initial experience with Ender 3, with Ender 3 Pro was like super positive because I got it out of the box. Of course, you have to put it. You have to put it all together. Okay, this, this sounds like how mine went. Okay. So go ahead. Go I, I'm, ahead. I'm, I'm getting. Yeah, yeah. So go ahead. Pay, paybacks are what they are, yeah. aren't they? You're you're not that person that you always read about on Facebook. Well, I've got a dead stock this, and I just print perfect. You know? Yeah. No. 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 I don't have that kind of luck. Go no, ahead. No. Well, I had that kind of luck for a while, but I paid for it in the end. Is what I did. So. You know, I mean, I I had a really good experience with my Ender 3 Pro starting out because it, it was basically stock. And then I did a couple of upgrades, like I did the Capricorn PTFE tube and, um, you know, I, I did the, the yellow bed springs and the, and the, 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 the anodized metal adjusting wheels for the bed. And, you know, and I, I did some some printed upgrades. What for are the, the, so the PTFE tube? I understand that's yeah. the tube for people that don't know. And the, and the, the style printer, the the filament is over on a reel next uh-huh. to the printer or yeah. a, a hung on the top of the printer. Yep. And the PT, PTFE tube connects the extruder to the no, the hot end or the nozzle that squirts the filament. Right. So the, the extruder yeah. is, is pulls pulls that filament off the roll off and the roll. shoves it through this tube. <laughs> shoves it through a tube and out to the yeah. out to the print head, so, if you will, the hot end, the extruder. Yeah. So think of taking your fist and running it down somebody's throat. <laughs> That's essentially what what <laughs> this is doing. Yeah. Okay. The, the throat would be the PTFE the tube. The throat would this, be the PTFE tube. Yeah. It's but exactly what are right. The yell- the, so. 
So, what are so, the yellow springs? So, it sounds like you're building shocks on an RC race car. Trust me, you need them. Okay. okay. So, so under. I don't know what they are, but you need them. Okay. I'll, I'll I know it. what they are. They're under the bed. The springs the, are under the bed. So, so the the bed comes comes with four springs and yep. four plastic adjuster wheels. Okay. Yep. So the so the bed rides on these four springs, one in each quarter, corner, and um, that creates the the surface uh, and and gives the bed some spring and some relief so that you can adjust it and lower or you know raise or lower each individual corner of the bed in order to get it quote unquote level. Yep. Okay. And there's a process for leveling the bed. And if you go on Facebook, that's it's, the it's, thing that everybody tells you to do. It's like an art. <laughs> level, it's more level art than science. Oh, it, yeah. tr- trust me. Leveling the bed manually is more art than science. Yes, there 100%. is no doubt about it. You learn it by feel, not by sight. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so anyway, uh, the, the, the quote unquote, the yellow springs are an upgraded spring from Creality that replaces the, 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 I guess the chrome, the, the chrome or just the bare wire wound springs. They're far, they, they have a much higher tension to them, a, a sprung tension to them. And they hold the bed at, at the, at the adjusted spot better way way see, better than the stock okay. springs do see because that that blew my mind because the the springs are there to hold like you said hold tension against those screws yeah so that you know you back the screw off the spring will push the bed up a little uh-huh. tighten it down brings it it'll, down. it'll pull but it down we're a talking bit. millimeters we, we are the, talking millimeters the spring is just keeping that tight yeah but but, but it, that sucker would just like walk all around it had a mind of its own it's like r2d2 yeah and, and you could you could level the bed Print two times and the bed be completely unlevel again. You got to level the bed. Yeah. Print two times. So this level the bed. This this takes this adds more tension. It, it it adds it adds more tension and it creates a much more consistent leveling experience. And you could you could theoretically go for weeks or maybe even a month between re-leveling your bed and googling I, I reality yellow just, springs. just get on just get on amazon and search for creality creality upgraded springs and you'll you'll see you'll see what i'm talking about so you know i, I installed those and i ran for months with the yellow springs the anodized knobs the leveling knobs and the pdfe tube and a few printed upgrades and, and man brent life was good and when i was talking about the ender 3 pro on past shows that was the that was the the upgrade that, that was the recipe that i was running and brent i'm going to tell you it was it was really good okay and everything was really good brent all the way up until the point where it wasn't all right, and and this and this is what happened. It worked until it did. It, it, it worked until it quit. Is is essentially what happened. So um, over time, I mean, I ran the printer for you know maybe you know eight months or so, like this, nine months, somewhere in that neighborhood. And um, at one point, though, I, I ran into a problem where um, the extruder had started skipping steps. The extruder gear was starting to to skip steps. And the extrusion out of the nozzle was starting to get a bit inconsistent. Now, I, I would clean the nozzle. You had cl- a big wad of something jammed in the nozzle. No. And it was backing it. Well, almost. Okay. Okay, almost. Um, I, that's what I thought at first. And so I would clean out the nozzle and everything, but there, the nozzle would never get clogged, okay? What happened was the PTFE tube goes into the hot end and then goes all the way in the in the stock hot end in the Ender 3 and the CR10S is the same way. Yep, goes all the way. It goes the all the way down and into the heat essentially into the heat break and then 
rests at the top end of the nozzle. Yep. Okay. So the end of the PTFE tube is as hot as the nozzle yep. is. Okay. Over time, what happened is the, the end of my PTFE tube cooked and it, it essentially welded itself to the inside of the hot end. And Brent, I could not in, in over time. And as it welded in, what kind of in, temperatures were you running? Because two, 205 on my, on my nozzle. That's it. 205. Okay. Now that's probably a little hotter than is necessary for PLA, which is what I've been. Yeah. Most people run like 195, 195, whatever. But, but I've been running, uh, I I run primary, I primarily print with eSun filament and I've been running it at 205 and dude, that's what I've just been. I've just been doing that Hmm. since day one and it's always worked extremely well until it did until it didn't. And it literally cooked that PTFE tube into the hot end of my printer and it collapsed it to the point to where Brent, it can't come out. There, there's, there's you no, you couldn't th- cut it and then twist and then unscrew the nozzle and just pull it out the, the end. No, no. I, I mean, I had to cut it and set the hot end off to the side. That that's where, that's where it went. Okay. Huh. And, uh, and so, um, I eventually got that, that piece of tube out with a pair of pliers, okay, <laughs> holding the hot end with a with a pair of vice grips, and then holding the PTFE tube with a set of pliers, I eventually was able to work them this way. For people who can't see, yeah. I'm, I'm rotating. <laughs> I'm rotating my hands lefty back and lo- forth. Lucy, righty tighty. Yeah. Imagine having two two wrenches in your hands, and you're rotating the wrenches against each other. Okay, that's that's the motion I'm making. I eventually got that tube out. Okay, but it never would have come out. Had I been working on the printer, I would have tore the printer up. I would have completely demolished the the X gantry trying to get that one little piece of plastic tube out of that hot end. So what I what, I just it, just that cooking like that is kind of surprising to me. It's, because, it surprised me as because well. You had an you had you didn't have your run of the mill generic PTFE tube. No, I had the Capricorn, which is the top, nicer. It's stuff. the nicer top of the line PTFE tube. Yeah, and, and it seems to me. I mean, I haven't followed it closely in a long time, but a lot of people were, have been printing PLA and other materials in that kind of a setup at at, at least that temperature. Oh yeah, with with no issues. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I don't really understand or know why. My tube cooked, and I I don't know if um I don't know if the heat I don't know if the heat break was running hotter and the thermistor wasn't reporting the right value back to the printer firmware and I was maybe running two twenty even though the printer thought it was running two oh five I I have no I would have thought I, I, no I would have thought the PLA to come rolling out of it like uh, yeah like toothpaste or something exactly because it, it would but, melt and just roll right out oh yeah but but Brent I was making such pretty prints I wasn't having any, I wasn't having <laughs> any extrusion issues. I, I mean, they were beautiful. So I was, I'm I looking thought, at Yellow Springs. I'm, I'm looking. I thought you know 205. Man, I mean, it's, it's good. To I'm go. looking at Yellow Springs because I need something else in a box st- yeah. stacked on something <laughs> else that, that yeah. I can have to put together later. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and get the springs. It's the best fifteen dollars you'll ever seven fifteen dollars whatever they cost you'll ever spend eighteen dollars for the springs and aluminum and aluminum wheels. Get get them get them. And so with that, Brent, what I had to wind up doing is I had to switch my hot ends. Okay, so because I mean you can. The, the hot ends for the Creality printers, they're rather generic. They, in they that are. They th- are. They're inexpensive in that all the pieces are out there and they're, but yeah. you, you kind of, 
if you're going to do it, step up. Step up. Yeah, and that's what I point. did. Yeah. So I stepped up to a micro Swiss, all metal hot end. Okay. And the big advantage there, there there's two, as I understand it. The, the, the primary advantage that everybody talks about is that um, it's it support being an all metal hot end. It supports uh, it better supports additional materials printed at a much higher temperature. So PET G or ABS or maybe even getting into nylon territory, things like that. Th- this hot end supposedly can handle all of those more caustic materials. Okay, it running at much much higher temperatures than. 200 200 celsius for um you know for for uh, pla now all that being said the other advantage though that i primarily cared about is that the um the micro swiss hot in it doesn't it doesn't require the ptfe tube to mate to the nozzle at the heat break the ptfe tube actually mates to a metal tube much higher up in uh, much so higher you separation for, for heat. exactly yeah. in in the hot end so so you actually have a much better heat separation between the, ed- the end of your ptfe tube and then the nozzle and i'm surprised you just haven't gone to direct Drive, drive. Yeah. that's yeah. The, that's the and next thing the next thing what that is is that the stepper motor that pushes your filament through instead of then having to jam it down the the virtual throat that is yeah. that tube yeah it just to sets, get it over the it just sets head, right over top it of sets it. right over top of yeah. it and it just forces it right down the gullet yeah so so let so let, let me t- <laughs> yeah yes so oh so is that where we're going next no, well <laughs> that will be the next upgrade i think but i but i couldn't i couldn't do it because i did like three upgrades on my printer once and i so wish i hadn't have done that oh yeah because it, it's you're just all jacked up now. Y- yeah, yeah. And it, it took me a week and a half to figure yeah. to sort all this out and, and that's where i mentioned that before we started that's where i am with mine i i keep looking at it uh-huh. because the room that it's in is where i've got my rc cars at yeah and i've actually redone that room as well and i've put all the cars on shelves along the sides of the walls yeah. and I put an elliptical in there okay, and a TV and all that kind of fun stuff. And it's like a mini little workout space with my collection around me. And I keep looking at it every time I'm in there and I'm like, I, I can do this. And, and I, I just, I've got so much other stuff in chaos around yeah, here. Yeah. I didn't need to have printer parts scattered over that. R- yeah. Another yep. space. So I, I, I know. I know. I, I get it. Once you start, it's fun. Yeah. It's like, but, it's like pinball. It's fun. But, <laughs> but, but yeah, when you're the guy working on all your own stuff, it, yeah. it, it doesn't stay fun for long. No. And so, so, so here's the thing. So I, I, I upgraded to the micro Swiss hot end and got that up and going and, and everything seemed to be largely, largely good with that. Still a little, there's some settings that I have to that I had to ferret out. It what for it, for whatever anybody says, it is not a 100% just direct swap. Meaning, I had to retune some stuff in Cura. I had to change my printer profile settings a little bit in order to get it working the same way that the stock hot end worked from a print quality perspective. That's just my experience. Okay, so on top of that. I had also uh, months and months back, I'd ordered a auto bed leveler from uh, a small company called TH3D 
Uh, they're actually located uh, in Indiana. It's a husband and wife owned business. And so I, I decided to go with the easy ABL. That's their version of an auto bed leveling system. Uh, instead of the BL Touch, which is the kind of the de facto standard that you see and and hear, yeah, about. I was trying to remember. You see, yeah, you see yeah. most people talking yeah, about the it, BL, BL Touch, touch yeah. BL Touch, BL Touch. So this it's takes like, away that it. supposedly that that mysticism of bed leveling. Of bed leveling, well, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it does, but, <laughs> but it, it doesn't. doesn't. Okay, yeah. so here's the thing. So when I ordered, and I'll get into that here in a minute. When I ordered the Easy ABL. Um, they also offered some uh, solid bed mounts, okay? Because I, I thought, okay, this is going to be great. I'll have the ABL installed, the auto bed leveler sensor installed, and I won't need the springs any longer because the uh, the ABL compensates for the bed being unlevel, and I'll install these solid bed mounts, and then the bed will never move again. You know, I'll get it dialed in, and this bed is rock solid from this point on. Oh, so on. that's how they work. They they measure the location of the bed, and then they account for that in the print. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I so I installed the ABL, the the easy ABL. Um, got it all mounted. It, it, it mounts in ride sidecar right by right by the hot end in, in your nozzle, the print nozzle and everything like that. Uh, mounts on mounts on the X gantry there. And installed that, recompiled, you know, upgraded my firmware, recompiled my firmware, made all the firmware changes, uh, you know, reflashed that, upgraded my Marlin firmware. Um, and uh, and then installed the solid bed mounts and and worked very diligently over the course of two weeks trying to get that all to work i can hear your voice and and brent i never i never came so close to being frustrated to the point of throwing that printer out as i was installing this auto bed leveling system no no you you remember back when the the glass on your tron broke oh yes yes thank you (laughs) thank you yes thank you that was that that takes the cake yes that printer is nothing nothing that's that's cake man how quickly do we forget (laughs) um yes so (laughs) tunnel vision no doubt (laughs) and uh and so i did get frustrated with it but i was determined not to let it beat me and i i tried bl touch is the one you didn't get a bl touch no i got an easy abl okay okay? the the big difference with the bl touch and the easy abl is number one the bl touch is uh supported natively in marlin firmware and uh, if i'd gone the bl touch i think i would have had a little bit of an easier go of it to be quite honest with you um, the BL Touch, though, is a mechanical moving sensor. It uses a probe that it fires at the bed. And then, and then <laughs> Seems it, fine. Yeah, and, it, and then it measures the length of that probe movement as, as, the, as, the, bed leveling, uh, as the bed leveling measurement. Okay. okay. And um, the Easy ABL is, is a no-moving part sensor. It's an inductive sensor, and it, uh, it, it just relies upon being in proximity of okay. the bed. Okay, I find the Easy ABL is a much more elegant and a much more um, a, a much more reliable solution that over the make, BL yeah. Touch. Okay, and that's the reason why I went with it. Now, ultimately, though, I do want to say that uh, the reason I said that if I'd gone with the BL Touch, I think it would have had an easier go is that um, typically with the BL Touch, I don't see that many people upgrading to solid bed mounts at the same time, nor do I see that many people running solid bed mounts, period. Where I tripped up was with the solid bed mounts. 
uh, I tried so hard to get them to work. I was shimming the bed to get it level and and uh, and just chasing. Oh, was it just too far out to begin with? And it just well, the problem is, is that you couldn't. You, it was impossible for me to get it a hundred percent level because every time you uh, unscrew the 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 mount the mount screws, you know the wheels under the bed. Uh, when you would have to shim one corner, well, you have to loosen the other three corners in mm-hmm. order to shim one corner and you never get the torque the same on yep. all four corners. So, you know, try number three, all, all of those four wheels are at a certain torque. Okay. I loosen them all, take one off to shim the corner that's out the worst, put it all back together, relevel my bed and get a bed mesh with the sensor and all my values change. You're making my, me just want to, mine's by a window and you're making me just want to open the window and throw yeah, it outside. Throw, throw and it outside. And just move Ex- on. Exactly. Just move on. Well, here, learn from me, okay? Here, here's the lesson. I had lesson so many plans of like cool pinball things and I, I stuff know. for, but, you know. But, but Brent, I'm getting there. Okay, I'm getting there. Right, okay, okay. I'm getting there. Bring me back. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring you back. But learn from me, okay? Do not do solid bed mounts because I I could not get that bed shimmed level to save my <laughs> life. Okay, to save my life, I couldn't do it, and I finally just had to stop because I, mean, I, I was can't... chasing. I was chasing those yeah, four corners time and time again, because Brent, you'll never get the torque the same any two, three, four, ten times that you twist that knob up against that solid mount to pull the bed down against the mount. You'll never get the torque no, I, the same. Never. I, I mean, just if you think about it, the entire thing. Thing, and a lot of these printers are just are some variation on an extruded aluminum chassis, uh-huh. and uh, let's just be, it is what it is. For the most part, mass produced in China. Yeah, yeah. And the the variances <laughs> are so wide. That's why you've got the that's why you've got the bed adjusters to begin with. Exactly. And you're not going to take four four cylinders that are probably not the same length to begin oh, with they all were because i put them on a caliper oh did and, you and okay. they were all 22 millimeters dead nuts on that, that okay. shocks me yes yeah yeah but okay well then you, then you gotta flip around and you gotta now you've got to shim that like you said to compensate for the variances in the bed that you in the would bed. normally do with with the, the spring with the springs the springs and the wheels that's just, exactly right you think leveling a pinball is hard oh yeah this was and, and this thing is it's all within reach yeah and, and it was such an exercise in frustration but what what i eventually had to do is because I could not get the bed leveled and I could not get it shimmed. Is I just I cried, Uncle. I got I balled up in a corner and cried and and rocked myself to sleep. And then I got up the next I hit morning with a hammer and I hit it with a hammer. And then I put my yellow springs back on. And then guess what, Brent? Within forty minutes, I had the prettiest print you've ever seen. Okay, <laughs> and and so what I what I have now learned is that if you're gonna if you're gonna do an ABL. Don't do solid bed mounts. Stay with the springs. And Did you put a link into the show notes as to where you bought it from? Uh, no, but I will. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I will. And um, I, I'll I'll do that. I'll do that here here in a minute. Make sure it gets in the one note so that we don't miss it. And I, so at this point, I have reinstalled the yellow springs. I've got the uh, anodized wheels on naturally. And then what I did is I just put an M4 uh, wing nut underneath each one of the anodized wheels just to lock the wheel in place so that the bed won't move anymore. 
and and now the bed doesn't move and the ABL builds my bed mesh every single time I go to print. And what I love about the Easy ABL is it does it so quickly because it's inductive. All it has to do is just lower the gantry down until the sensor fires and then boom, it's got its measurement and it moves on to the next the next of nine nine probes that it does to build the bed level mesh. And uh, now, Brent, because my, my printer now, after what feels like two to three weeks of downtime, is now back up and printing, uh, I have now got back to printing pinball stuff, which is what <laughs> I wanted to do with it all along, okay? And um, I do want to say that my apron edgers that I talked about in the November episode... I've now got them uh, listed on uh, for sale on Pinside, and guess what, Brent? I've actually sold some of those. Oh, have you? Yes. Well, cool. Yes, I have been. I've been making my printer pay for itself. So uh, my apron edgers, <laughs> I'll have a link in the show notes. They they've they've been. I, I've sold them probably to nine or ten people now, and for for me, that's hey, I, I'll take that. It's all good. And the I'm other, looking at it right now on Pinside. There you go. There you go. And I haven't had many people. I think I've only had like one person comment on my thread, but through the Pinside shop, I've had like eight or nine people buy, and I've just been printing out their apron edgers and sending them to them. And uh, by and large, I've gotten really good feedback on them. The other thing that I have I mean, done, you, you could have bought your friend Brenna set just because, but whatever. Well, you've got to have a you've got to have a machine with a stern metal apron. I only That's, have one. You you know the CSI no. Yeah, CSI is metal. I think it is. Is CSI metal? I think so. If it is, I will bring you a blue set, I do, I, either I blue or to, yellow. I didn't mean to guilt you into making you know, it. Hey, man, I, we'll, we'll doll it up. We got to advertise, you know. We got to advertise. <laughs> I, I, I thought CSI had plastic. I'd have to look. Okay. I don't remember. Okay, gotcha, I, gotcha. Honestly, I don't. Okay. Uh, you know how long it's been since I've turned that thing on? It's a shame. It, it is. The more I look across it, the more in the dust is. The just more dust that gathers. Yeah, yeah, I know. I get it. Trust me, I get it. Uh, but but in talking about, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this all back around. When I was talking about doing some mods for TNA, one of the mods for TNA that is uh, that is very well received is uh, Scott Denisi come out with an upgraded. Uh, a shoot again timer that's in the bottom of the play field in between the flippers and in uh, going, you know, feeding into the ball trough or, you know, where the ball drains. And so uh, the original one that, that came with the game uh, did not have two LED, two RGB LEDs on it. And the new countdown timer does have two RGB LEDs on it, one on either side of the uh, of the two digit countdown timer. It's a digital countdown timer, almost you know, like an it's it's the it's the old uh, what is it? Uh, let's see. Uh, six, the eight segment, you know, the, the eight segment, I guess. Seven kind segment. Of seven segment, thank you. It, yeah, it's two uh, eight side it, by it's, side. It's essentially two eight, two digital clock eights side by side, seg, seven segment displays. And, um, and so the the new the new one having the two RGB LEDs, he accounts for it in the software and everything like that. And the the orientation or the layout though of the display is completely different than the uh, than the old one or than the oh, original yeah, by one f- by far by far Jeez. yeah you're looking at it it's completely different well they pinball life sells these and they supply a uh, a smoked plastic mounting bracket it works but the problem is is that the the original display was mounted with four screws this new one is mounted with two screws and it does not mount flush to the bottom of the Why play would field. They change it like I, that? I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, okay, the original I just, one, there's, 
I mean, there's plenty of room. I, I know there's plenty of room to, to, have, accommod- to have done what they wanted to do. Yeah. Okay. I but, mean, he was going to have to rerun the, the trace layout anyway, because I see some vias that would be in the way, but he would have had to rerun the trace layout to account for those LEDs as it was. Exactly. But anyway, but, um, but it, it, it all, you know, it, it's just all different is what it is. So what I wound up doing, and I, I do want to say, I, I didn't I didn't get to do this uh, straight up when I started talking about this, but I want to profess my love for two things. Number one is a good set of digital calipers, okay? <laughs> okay. And number two is... <laughs> that, that, num- that wouldn't work. I wasn't expecting that, yeah, but okay. Yeah, I, I got you. And number two is Fusion 360, okay? Because what I was able to do is take my calipers and I measured the 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 little mount the plastic mounting bracket that they supply with the new one and i redesigned it in fusion 360 and as you if you kind of scroll down in the show notes print you'll see what i'm talking about i redesigned that in fusion and i took the best of the old mounting bracket and the best of the new mounting bracket and i made a third mounting bracket and the third mounting bracket that i made actually gives the new display four mounting holes and it it allows it to mount back in the stock mounting spots that the old one mounted in that the new one would not mount in so on the newer is is the current games like if you bought a tna does it have this new display screwed into different holes no well if you okay what were you supposed to do with this i missed that i'm sorry well it's 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 a it's a new upgraded display it's it's kind of like an improved version of what of what the game shipped with that doesn't fit in it well it fits in it fine it's just that the mounting of it is completely different from the original one so you you what you're supposed to tap four new holes you're supposed to tap two new holes two two new holes in the play field okay okay so what 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 my bracket does is takes advantage of the old mounting spots but it accommodates the new display and it does so in such a way that um that that essentially doesn't require you to to put those new mounting holes in and you you get to take advantage of of what's what, already there. what's already there okay and it allows the new display to sit flush up against the bottom of the play field whereas the old mount the, the, I say old but the mounting bracket that came with the new display would not man that's a mouthful okay <laughs> and that is tough so it, that is and it tough puts it to back describe. in the factory and location it puts, and it puts it back in the factory location okay and that's a lot to talk about when you can't when everybody's listening and they can't see a thing they, they don't they can't well, you'll see have any pictures. of what, I, yeah. what i'm talking about but and if you had a tna and you're looking to do this and you said i mean what's the display cost uh, i think this is like a i think it's like 29 or 39 buck upgrade i mean it's and then it's you, like and then it's already accounted for in the code and it's already accounted for in the code so, yeah, yeah okay and this is you're this basically is, making it plug and play it is it is With, it, this turns it this turns it more plug and play than it was how about that okay and so what i'm going to do is uh i'm going to take the stl that i generate out of fusion 360 i'm going to upload this to thingiverse and by the time everybody hears this it will be on thingiverse and for anybody who owns a tna and is interested in trying this out if you do get this new display download the stl print it if you can't print it contact me i'll 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 print it for the cost of filament and i'll mail the thing to you whatever okay uh but ultimately uh, as you can see, Brent, I've got the the third picture in the show notes, and I'll have it in our show notes, and I'll have it on the show notes for the for the episode. Is the new bracket installed around the new display? Okay, and then you can see you can see what it does. All right, you know the the top holes are there to to mount the the display flush, and then the the two little ears in the bottom holes are for you know for for mounting back where uh, where this went uh, stock. 
So there it is. That in a nutshell <laughs> is my, my, what I've been doing. So I'm just glad that number one, I'm not sick any longer. And number two, I got my 3d printer back up and working. And all of this to say is I'm doing all of this work on my TNA so that I can work on Zookeeper. Because if I could, if I couldn't get this thing mounted back in right, I was going to be so irate. And it's like, well, I can't clear the workroom of TNA and, and work on Zookeeper until I got TNA done. So because my 3D printer is working, I'll now be able to move on to Zookeeper. So there, that's it. <laughs> so I tell you what, Whitney, let's take a little break, and then we're going to shift over to, uh, I guess, the mailbag segment because there's some stuff in here some i guess some hot takes or something i need to to respond to yes as i understand yes and then i i've got a little thing i want to touch on a little techie thing on the pinball side and a new little gadget that i picked up that hopefully will uh come to uh, good use with a lot of our listeners it sounds good and then we've just got a couple of pieces of news and uh and then some uh actually some some twitter feedback uh believe it or not and uh i think that'll that'll make a show cool. won't it all right okay back in a second yep Whitney. Yes, Brent. It's time for a little feedback. And are we going to rustle through ye old mailbag? We are. Okay. And excellent. I, I just, just to set the stage for everybody. Yeah. And to discuss, and I mean, everyone knows this, so I don't know why I have to continue to discuss how much of an idiot I am, but it is cold here. Yeah, no, you, it, I, I and mean, we stopped the recording, took a break, now you come back with a hood. I, hey, I, oh, no, hold on, dude. I've I, got I, a hood too. Yeah, I've got my hood up. I've got a, like this lined jacket on. That's more like a wind I'm like a rain type thing, Whitney. Yours is a little. Well, I, I wear these every single day. I've got I've got a closet full of Under Armour. Uh, they're they're called uh, Tech Popovers, and they're yep. they're the long sleeve sport uh, sport shirts with with a hood, and I absolutely love them. But the hood's got some. I mean, it's got some play in. Does it. you it? notice it? Yeah. This jacket I'm wearing is lined. Are you still cold? Uh, I'm I'm warming up. Okay, good. I'm good. warming up, and, good. and the idiot part here is is that. To prepare for this, I had brought a radiant heater down into the basement earlier today, set it all up, closed the door so the heat would stay down here. And then Whitney came over. We came to the basement and I left the door open for the dog. Yeah. The dog summarily walked right past Whitney into my shop <laughs> where there's another heater laying where she expects it because that's where she lays when I'm down here doing stuff. And uh, she passed out. <laughs> yeah. She's out cold in front of the heater. And in the in-between, if you didn't notice it, I didn't say anything about having closed the door back to the basement. <laughs> so all of the heat that was down here, other than what Maxine is enjoying uh -huh. via her own personal forced air heater, has wafted into the upstairs that's where, okay where we are not yeah well it'll be nice and warm for you when we wrap so, up here soon i am now sitting here well both of us at this point yeah are sitting here i'm in a heavier jacket and both of us have our hoods up i i, I like having my hood up it makes me feel safe actually. you feel a little safer yeah it does it makes me feel kind really like safe in your space yeah it's it's like my space and i'll even be at home i'll have my hood up and jackie kind of teases me about it <laughs> just walking uh, around your well hood up. <laughs> i walk around with my hood up all the time and it's like well it keeps me warmer and it's kind of like a security blanket i know? got a uh um I was walking through uh, Walmart. No, well, not that I'm advertising for anybody, but I just I was walking through, and uh, I have uh, recently gotten from there this 
really nice, really warm flannel coat. Okay. And it was it was reasonably priced as most stuff at Walmart is. And I thought, man, this would be great for doing stuff out around the chicken coop. It's really padded. It's really warm. It'd, it'd be great. I, I wish I'd have had something like this crawling through some warehouses years ago. Yeah. And if if it gets torn or something or really dirty, I'm not real heartbroken. So I got it. And the thing that I don't like about it is it doesn't have a hood oh. <laughs> because it's so, you know, when you get, you know, I'll, I'll throw a toboggan on at that point. I can, I can adapt to this. Yeah. I have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm a total idiot, yeah. total idiot, but there is something to be said for a nice hood. I, I mean, it's I, the convenience. It's, it's, the of conven- a hood. it's the convenience of a hood. There's yes. no doubt about it. No doubt Our about show it. is a train wreck. Yeah. Well, what would the green arrow be without a hood? You know this what I'm saying? True. So yeah, you know, it's, it's just all this, part of I it. mean, the hood makes the green arrow the hood does make the green yeah. arrow there's no doubt about no capes it. i mean no. we learned that in the no, incredibles no no, but- <laughs> no no it's the quickest way to getting sucked into a jet engine is with a no cape capes. yeah no capes no capes <laughs> was edna edna mo Ed, oh. edna builds no super suits with a cape any longer <laughs> edna mo it's oh that's hilarious man i love that movie the incredibles is so good it's oh, yeah. so good. I just, I can't believe they took so long to do The Incredibles 2. Yeah. It's like they, they were on, it, it, it were on such a roll. Yeah. It, it was, it was wild, wildly loved, greatly received. Yeah. And then it just like got st- set to the side, as I, I understood, for, for a 47 dec- other, for, yeah. for a decade. And, yeah. and, but when they restarted it, you've seen Incredibles 2, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like the next day. It's like the next <laughs> it's day. Like they never missed anything. Yeah, I know. It's great. Oh. It's great. And the second one was good, too. Yeah. It was oh, really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Loved it. Check loved it out. It. Disney Plus. Oh, we're, yeah. we're advertising for everybody. <laughs> I, I'd like to get some of that. I don't know about you, but I'd like to get some of that Disney money. <laughs> oh, yeah. You and me both, man. That's, that's, uh, that's <sighs> All right. solid cash. Feedback. Okay. So our first one is from uh, Reach Down Here in... Reached down here into the mailbag. I don't know if that came through or not. I, I tried. Yeah. Reach here into the mailbag. And our first one is from uh, a friend of the show, uh, Victor Marlin and uh, Vert Vic on, uh, on Twitter from the 10 Pence Arcade I've podcast. i met that fine young man. Oh, oh, yeah. Strapping gentleman he is. And he says. I bet he looks great in a, in in a, a nice in a nice windbreaker with a hood. With a hood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. <laughs> So, so Victor writes in and says, uh, just listening to Brent's monologue about consoles, if you are in, in, <laughs> monologues, uh, uh, that's a nice way of yeah, putting it. Well, it's very sweet what, what Victor says. <gasps> oh, as it would be because yeah. it's Victor. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes, if you're ever short of a co-host for another episode like that, I'd be glad to help out. I don't think I have the volume of stuff Brent has. How the heck can you lose an Atari 5200? Is this house the size of Texas? But I have most of them and also have some exclusive British computers, too. So, Vic, thank you for that. Certainly appreciate that. And he did. He he reached out and he said, hey, man, you know, if you guys, if you're short, just let me know. And I'm like, I, I well, appreciate, appreciate that. that, Vic. Certainly I, appreciate I that. I really do. Thank you, yes, sir. And, yes. Uh, we may have to have Vic on for some console talk. That, that, you would, know? that would not be bad. And Vic, it's... it's um, <laughs> there's a there's a joke in here I'm not going to make, even though it would be a clean joke. It's still a family show, and I don't want to get into what does that mean. Yeah. So I'll just I'll pull back the reins a little bit, yeah. and uh, I'll leave the hood up, yeah. but I'll pull back on the reins, and uh, just say it's it's all about storage, Vic. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it 
it, in creative ways to store and pack things. And that that's how I've lost track that's, of some of this. And that's how it goes. Yeah. Oh, I, I've got to the point where I have to label every single box because as oh, you I put it up now. on shelves, I, I have no idea what's in those boxes. You should boxes. see now. Yeah. I, one of the things I did... Uh, I might have mentioned this on the last show you were on or on on the show I did trying to track down uh, a, a store. Uh, I, I know I talked about this when I was going through all the operator chips and stuff, trying to track down the little storage bin deals, you know, like you'd put like nuts and bolts and stuff in the small little drawer organizers. Yeah. The larger versions of those at uh, your Home Depots and your Walmarts. And your big box stores, you can get the the bigger drawer versions. And it's really easy to get for like 12 bucks, like the three drawer version. And they're about the size of a file, a little small file cabinet drawer. You know, they're not super big. Yeah. I've got one <clears throat> in my shop that is, Whitney, it is four and a half foot tall or so it's got like three or four big drawers on the bottom and three or four small drawers on the top i wanted another one of those because i had uh, a small drawer organizer and a bunch of crates of cables ethernet cables video cables s video (laughs) stuff i wanted to keep oh yeah but i had a i had a crate here and a crate there and this crate was mostly this but it was some of that and and I had to actually special order the silly thing. I, I just couldn't walk in and get that, one. That's so frustrating. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But same thing. Now all the they're all labeled. Yeah, because it's just if I'm going to do it, the silliness I, I've got to. You know. Yeah, you got you got to you got to rein it in. Yeah, you got. It's yeah. fine. It's fine for it to be what it is, but at least have you got to at least put some organization around it. Yeah, you got it's uh, I'm 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 organized. All yeah. right. No, that, that's, good. that's well, good. Well, thank you so much, Vic. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to have a we'll have to have some guest stars yeah, on. We we will we will. I, I mean, our, our show's too monotonous otherwise. So, <laughs> okay, into the feed into the mailbag we go. Almost said feedback. I guess it's good in time for supper. Into the mailbag we go. This next one is from this next <laughs> one. Is, your brain will warm up here in a second. It, it will. It will. Yeah, I uh, turned that thing back on high yeah, by episode ninety eight. Um, Daryl Decker. So Daryl writes in and says, "Hey guys." I'm new to the repair side of the pinball hobby, and I've been working on my repair skills on one machine while in quarantine. Now that I've pretty much fixed everything I could, I'm looking to pick up a new project machine to tinker with around and practice my repair skills. Being new to the, new to the repair side, I'm finding it super difficult to locate projects, and I, I get it. That's kind of a... Sh- Honestly, that's kind of a shock, unless... I don't know, Whitney is... I wonder if everything is being snapped up I, I because think, of people that are, they have some time. They now? have, they have time. They've, you know, they may have some disposable income and yeah. And okay. You know, I, I, I honestly have stayed out of the marketplace. It, well, mar- the marketplace has been running hot. There's, oh, there's has no, it? Yeah. There's no doubt about it on, on pins. The marketplace has been running hot. It, it's, it's a seller's market, not a buyer's market. So Daryl goes on to say, any suggestions on good ways of finding projects besides Craigslist and the for sale groups online? 
I'm finding that most posts are for pins that have already been fixed up and not ones that need fixing. Like I said, my goal is to work on my troubleshooting and fixing skills of 80s or 90s pins. So I'm, so I'm looking for pretty much anything I can use for learning, regardless of title, as long as the wife approves of the title. Thanks for any suggestions and keep up the great work on the show. Miss hearing you guys on the podcast. I'm glad to have you back. So what what's your what's your take on Daryl's question around anything outside of Craigslist and the four sale groups? Because I think that's really the crux of his question here. Friends and family. Because you would be shocked if you start asking around how many people uh-huh. have a parent or a grandparent or a cabin at the lake uh-huh. or something that had gotten a game back in the day uh-huh. and uh, it broke uh, <clears throat> back in the day plus two yeah. days. Yep. And it's just sat there and it's become a clothes rack. Okay. That, that's the first thing I would do. And, okay. and I tell you another thing that I do, if I ever have um, anybody, if I ever make an acquaintance with anybody that's regularly in people's homes, okay, I, I don't generally have repair into folks here because I, I tend to be silly enough to say, all right, like, what's it going to take? I'll fix this. Yeah. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago, I pretty much had my dishwasher apart, Yeah, you know, and and I just dealt with it. That's just me. I'm hard headed that way. But if I meet somebody that say they're, um, uh, they're a cable installer, Uh there's a good example Yeah, or, uh, an electrician or somebody, a plumber, I give them my contact information and I say, I know you're in homes all the time. I'm sure somewhere in the back room or in the garage or somewhere, you'll probably eventually find a pinball machine or an arcade game. Now, he sounds like Daryl's limited himself to uh, uh, pins here. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm, I, I would go a little wider personally and I, I, I go video or pin. And I, I tell him, I said, there's a lot of stuff out there that's junk, but if there's a title that you send my way that I end up buying, even if it's an inexpensive title, I'll give you a little, you know, I'll make it worth your while. Yeah. You know, if it's an inexpensive game, maybe 50 bucks, if it's a nice pin, I mean, I'll figure in a hundred, 150 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. As a finder, as a finder, exactly. You know, and kind of encourage that for the future. But, you know, short of that, you're kind of limited to, locals in the community, you know, yeah. that, that have, that you can reach out to and say, Hey, do you have something to back of your building, to back of your garage that you're just not, you're done. You're, you don't think you'll ever get to that. Yeah. You're willing to let go of. I'm okay with projects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, I do see the, the Facebook groups zip by and you're, you're right, Daryl. I, I don't really see, I see completed games generally yeah at a premium which is fine mm-hmm. but i i don't see project stuff honestly that yeah. that's that's and that is a shift yeah now that you bring that to my attention because yeah. usually that stuff's laying all around i will agree i don't see much projects on like facebook marketplace or the or the the, the buy sell groups or, or anything like that uh daryl i'll have i've got i've got two recommendations here if you um if, if you decide that, that you want to take them, one could cost a little bit of money and one may cost absolutely nothing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first, well, that's better than a ton of money. It, it, it is. It is. Um, 
The first one is grab your smartphone and install an app called Nextdoor. And Nextdoor is a community-driven social network uh, essentially, that based around your geography, you'll get access to other people that are within, uh, let's say, a, a 15 to 25 mile radius from from a neighborhood perspective. And I have actually found, uh, and I did this in, in my own neighborhood, even even out where I live, next door works. We have a community, a next door community, and I just put out there that I uh, that I'm interested in buying, you know, pinball machines or arcade games. I've already had two people contact me, even in a even in a small of a community as we have, and it was through the next door app. Now they they showed me pictures of what they had, and I'm like, ah, I, that's not. Now, really, what I'm after, I appreciate it. Was it video or pin? And it was pin, but it was like some of the older kitty pins, like that you get oh, through okay. the Sears catalog. Yeah. And and you know, God bless people. They don't. They don't. They know. Don't the, know. They don't know the yeah. difference. You know. And I'm like, listen. I, I thank you. Number one, thank you for contacting me. But number two, that's not really what I'm after. Uh, and and I would always just recommend. It's like, listen, just put that on Facebook Marketplace or or just have a yard sale, and you'll get that gone soon. You know, easily enough but it worked at least i got a couple of people that responded back and it offered me the opportunity to talk to them and say listen and i did exactly what you're talking about brent i'm like listen if you know anybody who has any of these just send them my way and and i will i'll pay you a small kicker for Mm -hmm. the finder's fee and they're like okay sure yeah i'll do that thanks so there's there's two people that I think would remember the interaction and then hop back on next door and send me a message. Okay. That's one option. The second option and this may not be the most, um, popular because sometimes you do have to really watch this, but I have noticed that on, uh, the Facebook page for coin op warehouse, their projects show up on there. Now you have to. So where's Daryl at? Do you know? I, I I have no idea where Daryl's yeah, at. But he but he'll have to suffer the shipping to get it to him. Yeah. Okay. Now Coin Op Warehouse they find stuff and they list stuff and it goes fast. And it but it goes fast. But there are non-working projects there. And you can find the the Bally's and the Williams, the the DMDs, the solid states on there. But you've got you've got to. You've got to jump. I mean, if you see it and that looks good, you've got to put your sold comment on there or I'll buy it because if you don't do it within 30 minutes, there's no guarantee it's still going to Mm -hmm. be there. But if you want projects, that is a viable way instead of endlessly searching Craigslist, but it is going to cost you a little bit of money. But you know something, what's your time worth? I don't know. So there so Daryl, there's two there's two answers for you at opposite ends of the spectrum. Both of in both of them could very well net you what you're looking for. So Daryl too, I'd also like to add, the more I think about this. It, it, and if you're homed in on pins, that's fine. Uh-huh. But I would I would suggest especially I don't know exactly which skill set you're trying to hone. You didn't necessarily mention that. Is it more on the mechanical side or on the electronic side or a little of both? Because you can get through a fair amount of pin refurbishment and stay very mechanical. You know, dealing with the play field and switches and mechs and all that fun stuff. And uh, 
for the most part, <laughs> I'm kind of depending on the game, be rather successful with electronics, just almost kind of just working out of the box with, with limits. Yeah. yeah. Whereas video, you're, 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 it's more of a flip, uh-huh. you know, and a lot of, a lot of the uh, problem in video tends to be in, in the monitors and the power supplies. And then you start diving in the, the more esoteric problems. You're, you're talking board issues. But, and, yeah. Yeah. Board and, issues and, and, and the like connectors and cables and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. RAM so and all that. I don't, I would encourage you to, to look, look for games. And when I say games, just you, I would limit myself honestly to more classic type games, pre jama type games, things that are all through hole stuff where you're not getting super crazy complex boards. You know, packs are great boards to learn. Basically, I mean, it's a computer, just like a computer, the computer you've got in a in a in a pinball, and um, I, I would encourage that. You know, even if you got just a couple boards for some very well documented online games, packs as an example, and made a little test rig on your bench and didn't even have a cabinet, and just worked through the board. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's that's it's a good suggestion. Just too. you know, just a thought. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a way to it's a way to get some experience mm-hmm. uh, either way. So, so Daryl, I, I hope that helps um, and. Certainly, be interested if you find anything. Just you know, follow up with us, I, and uh, we, we'd love to hear hear how how that goes for you. So, Brent, here's the big one right here. All right, and uh, <laughs> I've been. I, I'm this sa- is the one you've been saving. This I'm is sa- the one saving I, this I for mentioned last. earlier. Yeah, saving this one for last because I figured this was going to spark some discussion, lively discussion at that. <laughs> okay, and I do want to say that. Uh, that me reading this does not or may not necessarily reflect the opinion of Whitney and or Brent. This is feedback sent in, but we're going to read it verbatim because is it a hot take? <laughs> oh, yes, it is a hot take, buddy. Hot take. Just, okay. Just how I like them. Hot take. Is hot take. Is what it is. Is, is there going to be a controversial statement oh, made? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need, we need, we, yeah, we need the air horns and the, in the police, you know, the crime scene tape and all that stuff. So I'm he, cracking my knuckles. I'm getting ready. Get, get ready. Okay. okay. Here it is. The subject of this is Brent's pinball purchasing rant. Okay. And this is from Dan. <laughs> last name withheld. Yeah, last name withheld. And Danny writes. Do I know Danny? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But you may. I don't think so. Going on the email address, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think either one of us know Danny. Okay. Per- personally. Okay. Okay. Personally. But, okay. but okay. Danny's extremely well spoken sure here. Plant. <laughs> and he's. He's. He, no, he's not a plant. Okay. He's extremely well spoken, <laughs> and I'll tell you what. He's. Uh, Danny's Danny's on he's on fire here okay ready okay go and Danny writes hello guys first off I really enjoy your show and have been listening since the beginning that being said I have some comments regarding Brent's rant over the cost and quality of new inbox games over the course of the last few years Brent you hit the nail on the head with a okay. sledgehammer. Okay, good. Yeah. I, I was I was fearful of what direction this is going to take. <laughs> it's it's largely favorable. Okay, okay, okay. Largely. yeah, largely. And and Danny goes on. Although I don't always agree with some of your opinions, this one is spot on. 
<clears throat> Brent, spot on. Okay. <laughs> so Danny goes on to say, most most people don't agree with hardly any of my opinions. <laughs> you found a fan here, Brent. Okay. So Danny goes on to say, I've been in the hobby for the better part of 30 years. I can recall purchasing a list, and I put I put that in air quotes, a list pins in the one thousand to fifteen hundred dollar range. Now I need to stop, collect myself, and say that we at least I entered this hobby. 10 years too late. Okay. Granted, they were previously routed machines. The quality of many of those machines far exceeded that of today's new in box machines. I find it appalling. Appalling. He says for, for Stern in particular, I'm a fan of that word. word. Uh, Yeah. Appalling for Stern in particular to try and justify their price points. The many issues that their machines possess is ridiculous. In my opinion, did, well, let's just pause here real quick. Yeah, okay. So even new games back in the... They had to have issues. Well, no, no, I'm saying back in the 90s, and, and I, I, we've got some... I've got some old play meters, and I know people I can ask. Yeah. But I'm thinking they were 3,000-ish? Ish. New yeah. Williams? I, 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 I Don't hold me to that. Yeah. It's It seems like the hot videos of the day like packs and all that in the early eighties ran 26 ish or so. Yeah. And, but they, they were selling like hotcakes. They could make the money and you know, there was a little bit more, maybe electronic technology poured into them and electronics parts in the bomb, but obviously there wasn't the mechanical yeah. parts in the bomb. So they may, have, they may have, regardless inflation calculator wise, if you, if you factored it all out, I would be shocked if pins today, are appreciably more than they were then adjusting if for you, inflation adjusting for inflation yeah, yeah but getting back to my prior points and danny's point is is you're not getting you're not getting the goods for the dollar oh, okay that's that's very, where I th- very, that's where i'm coming from and i think danny's yeah, coming from yeah I, I think i think you're right because with a, with a wonderful use of the word appalling <laughs> appalling yes I, I, I stressed it because i knew that he was stressing it yeah. as he wrote it so i i'm i'm just i'm trying to i'm trying to pass on the inflection yeah. that i know is there and I, i'm okay. talking new inbox i know he mentioned here some used games yeah well yeah, yeah. yeah he he's talking a list in that price range routed a list machines yeah. okay which is yeah, yeah. To- totally. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. <clears throat> so Danny goes on in the mid nineties, a new inbox Williams oh. machine was in the $3,000 range, give Dan- or take my man, Danny. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> I, it's, I didn't read ahead. Yeah, no, it's, I'm glad you're not because, because the genuineness of your response is what I'm going for here. Okay. Those machines still live in my collection as well as countless others. They, the many units purchased by fellow collectors were not new in box. As a matter of fact, many spend their lives in other countries, third world countries at that. They received an exorbitant amount of play before we acquired them, stressing before, okay, before we acquired them, and still function as they were designed from day one. Many of the play fields still in better condition than a new inbox yep. of today. Yep. Okay? I, I have made this argument many times uh-huh. on the show. So I'm going to make it again for, for new listeners. Okay. I don't know how many new title games I have walked up to at shows over the last couple years. Uh, we've been doing this, what, Whitney, pushing eight years at this yeah, point? Yeah, pu- we push, pushing eight, yeah. And 
looked down into the shooter lane on a Saturday afternoon. And it'd be all hogged out. And it's destroyed. Uh-huh. Whereas I could walk over to uh, these two data Easts and they look darn near beautiful. Yeah. My Adams is slightly rough because there were sections on that game played to the wood. Yeah. And, and I repainted sections of the game. But it still, still looks better, the shooter lane in that, than, a lo- than not a lot, than any new in box game I've seen at a show in the last couple of years on a Sunday afternoon. It's, yeah, that's, and that's that thing wild. has been through the ringer, that yeah. Adams. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, 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 get, I get it. Everybody talks about dimples and their, the play field being one big dimple on these <laughs> older Williams games. And I'm like, no. I mean, if it was all one big dimple, then you would have a pretty defined ridge at that point around all the targets that the, the ball can't get to because of the curve of the because ball. Because of the curve, yeah. You know, you've, got, you've already got a slight, discolor not discoloration you you've got the wear pattern there uh-huh, yeah. but it's not like you can catch it with your thumb because yeah. it's all dimple yeah, yeah yeah you know it's yeah i just yeah i i, I get it I, I get it you know yeah. I, I know the i've said this before i know the automotive industry went through fits in the 80s as an example when they were moving to different clear coat formulas for epa standards and um you look in the especially I really like the the third generation Firebirds, and it's pretty bad. It, the cars can get pretty bad with the clear coats and discoloring, and it, it looks like an old computer that needs a retro brighting. Yeah, it needs, clean, it needs some retro brighting. Yeah, where the clear is just crud. Yeah, they figured it out within a couple se- within a couple seasons. Yeah, within a couple model years. Yeah, I yeah. mean, why are we dealing with this? But anyway, okay, all right. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I wish we, di- I wish we didn't, because I think that the fact that the industry deals with this, it's holding the industry back in certain ways because it's souring certain people on on in continuing to invest in in the in the industry. Yes, yeah, by buying new there games. There is absolutely no way I I, I would buy a new game now. Hold, hold that anyway, thought. Go ahead. Hold that thought. Okay. <laughs> hold that thought. <laughs> Just hold that thought. Your words are going to, we're going to, we're going to come back to those words. Okay. Being around this hobby and, and, uh, and Danny goes on being around this hobby for as long as I have, I've come to really cherish the history of the Bally Williams era. Those games were quote bulletproof quote with amazing engineering that is not being matched today even though stern pinball is made up of many x williams employees it's my opinion that every one of them has drank the gary stern kool-aid i as well as many listen to clay harrell's many top cast interviews If you go back and listen to the likes of George Gomez, Lyman Sheets, and Steve Ritchie, you will see that they drank the Kool-Aid too. In the words of Python Angelo, it's all about the the bill of materials. At Stern, in my opinion, that bill should be quite large for what they are charging for a new game. As for Pat Lawler, he saw through the blinders they are all wearing. I hope you don't take these comments the wrong way, but this is the way I see it, and I would never spend a nickel on a machine produced by Stern Pinball. Happy holidays, Danny. 
And that's and that's Danny. But he comes out with a smile. Yeah, that's great. Comes out with a smile. Have a great holiday. Yeah, happy Happy holidays. holidays. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, 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 I'll rail on my Adams over here again. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know WPC stuff. things will wear out. You know, there's the resets because it's time to cap it. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's stuff, you know, it could, you, it, if you have a bridge problem, you could get these phantom resets and there's this, and there's, there's known things with, there's no things with everything, known you know, things, things, with everything. things work their way out. Yep. But the, when I got that game, it was beat. I mean, the ramps were blown out. There was places, like I said, in the pops that were down to wood. Um, it was rough. It 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 play it ran a it was on location for a long time and it had a hard life and it fired up and played. Yeah. You know, and the only problem that it had playing was some of the switches were jacked up because the, it was stored by the you know, by over time it was put away and by the operator and wasn't pulled back out to go on location and the batteries leaked and it got down into the, uh, resistors and the caps and the bottom of the, the MPU where the switch matrix comes in. So, I mean, that was kind of self-made. Uh-huh. It's kind of like hitting yourself in the hand with a hammer yeah, that was yeah. done due to neglect. Yeah. To your, you do it. It was done to yourself. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for that, everything else, everything worked. And I don't know how many switches, the same switch through, I don't know how many titles I have literally seen fall out of the bottom of a new stern. Hmm. And we all know the flipper deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many of them I've taken care of for, for friends where the, uh, um, the, the, the little nub and, breaks right off the well this slip flipper's sluggish the nubbin broke right off the stop yeah the cold stop and it's in there flapping around in the sleeve yeah. and just shaving themselves just metal filings in the bottom of the cabinet and i mean for title after title and it's just like all right get you a new stern then turn right around go to marco and buy a flipper kit yeah exactly and just junk day, it day one because that's what you're going to be doing yeah and it's just it's it's sad. What's the current game that's out? Uh, well, we were we're going to chat about it uh, just here in a second, but but I'll tell you not we'll, Led, we'll Ze- say, not Led Zeppelin. It's, it's uh yeah. Well, Led Zeppelin's the newest. Led Zeppelin's the newest one out from Stern. Well, the one before that was Turtles, right? Uh, the one before that was uh, 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 Teenage, Mutant, Teenage was it, Mutant Ninja Turtles, wasn't it? Was it te- no Avengers? I'm Avengers. Sorry. It was Avengers. It was either Turtles or Avengers. I mean, the game hadn't been out for days, and I saw a picture of someone holding a chunk of their playfield on yeah on Facebook. I, I know you sent that to me, and I was like, wow, yeah. And I remember when we got our Ghostbusters. You've bought games since then. I have. You're yes. a brave man. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I I know we were nervous about uh, the ghosting because that's it was a if, if I recall correctly it started being noticed in a couple games around Spider Man okay I think I could be wrong on that but the big splash started at Ghostbusters uh-huh. and people were comparing well if you you know we've noticed that there's two different play fields and you can look at the uh, right in the center and you can look at the ghostbusters and their uniforms and if they're this light color then you know it's prone to do this and if it's this darker color it's prone to not do you know yeah. people were getting down into it to that level and 
I know you and I were nervous. I was oh, about yeah. yeah about ghosting, and you know, knock on wood, I've not had any issues. My, I, mine's trust me, I've been all through my Ghostbusters within the past three yeah. months, and mine's perfect. And so, playfield wise, we were we were cool, but yeah. I just it just gotten worse and worse and worse. And yeah, everything in the game is just. I mean, I've seen. Um, Oh, what's the monster themed one? You can tell we've been recording a while, Whitney. It's driving me. My uh my my brain is working less than usual. Yeah. Monsters. Oh, monsters, yeah. I've seen the mon- I've seen monster uh premiums mm-hmm. just completely wig out because the 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 game loses uh communication with the node boards for the lower play field. And then somewhere through all that connectivity is is things on the upper play field and it just goes bonkers mm. and, and you're down there receiving ribbon cables, trying to figure out which one it is. Cause there's 70 of them. And it's just, I've seen the same thing on star Wars where all the, you know, star Wars will just score its little brains out. Well, it's because one of the node boards has lost communication or whatever has happened. And you've got a fault somewhere yeah. and, and it, nothing can talk. And it's just, I, <laughs> If one-off is one thing, a problem with a game that's common to that game because they're doing new engineering that's a new Mac that's only on that game or on that game first, I can get that. But some of the stuff is so systemic. And it... Well, you're seeing it, you're seeing it better, or at least up until the up until the pandemic hit. I mean, you're yeah. seeing it far better than I, or far more than I was because... I keep uh, in touch with guys that operate the brand new games. Yeah, yeah. And... and I've got my head in them trying to give them a hand at times. And yeah. it's just like, my gosh, mm, man. And, and I hate to say that because I don't want to see, I don't want to see a company go away, but they're going to have at some point you only can kick the can so far. So far. Yeah. You know, eventually, and I don't, I, I don't care what it is eventually the bill comes due. Yeah, it does. Eventually. Yeah. Yep. So, well, this was a great turn. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope that it can, I just hope that it can be sorted. I do too. I do too. I hope they take an active role in sorting it. Let's let's put it that way. And and that's, that's probably another part of the frustration is that it seems as if it's a very laissez faire, Mm -hmm. but this is equipment. It's meant for, no, it's yes, it is. And no, it's not. The majority of your, I don't know about the majority, but a good piece of your business. Cause I think a lot of the over, a lot of your overseas is, is on, on location where most of your U S is private. Uh huh. So I don't know what the split is, but I'm going to assume it's probably safely that a sizable chunk of your business is stateside to private. Yeah. To private purchase. Sta- stateside, especially over the past year, I would yeah. say that's, that's very accurate. So I, I just, I just hope that, that it, that it is sorted, like I say, that they take an active role in sorting it. I've not seen them take an active role in even acknowledging it yet. Um, but ho- hopefully, hopefully in time that that does, or I'm sorry, hopefully in time that does get addressed. It it has to. You have to think that it does. Um, well, that's the mailbag. We reach <laughs> we reach the bottom of the mailbag for this episode. I might Brent. have to take my hood down because. Uh, got I'm a little fired up. I got a little fired yeah, up. I'm starting to get a little up. warm under here. You know, <laughs> I've let my hair grow a little longer again. I'm, I'm getting all fair enough. I got a, I got a vent. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, Brent, I, I think we're we're at the point of the show. You were going to talk about uh, here in a small tech segment. You were going to talk what about it? Some aftermarket pinball boards, right? And so, speaking of pinball ranting, yes, I've said this multiple times on the show that I am not a fan of third-party boards. And the one exception I would make is the boards for your Gottlieb System 1s and like your Y-Nomphs and whatever else is out there because in those games, you're dealing with uh, a lot of proprietary pieces. You know, things that you're... You look like you're going to say something, Whitney. No, no, no. no okay. No, no. Go right ahead. Your things that you're not going to run out and and find at DigiKey or or uh, wherever. Yeah. Or that are most likely going to be reproduced. So really, honestly, the way to go there is with a with a third party board. the The main MPU and those Gottlobs are are that way. The soundboard has got some wild stuff on it. I, I'm trying to recall. I think there's a a specifically programmed chip or something to that effect or made chip for each game. And there's a, there's a couple, uh, I know there's at least a prom on, on the soundboards, but the, that is my one exception. And one of the, the, I guess the, uh, one of the boards that has caught a lot of my personal ire <laughs> has been the rotten dog board set. And I, I, I don't know if you know Whitney. Are, are they gone at this point? You know something? They're I, okay. I thought I'd heard they had I, gone I'm, out of business. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't want to answer like a politician because a politician <laughs> would answer with never answering your question. Yes. The, the, my answer is I don't know. But the reason I say that is because there is a thread running on Pinside right now asking that very same question, and there's not a good answer for there it. There isn't. Yet. Not, not that I'm aware of. Well, in this, some people think they're gone. Okay, so, some people do, and some people don't. And I, I don't know that it's been determined yet. And that in and of itself is a problem. Yeah. Well, in this current adventure that I'm about to describe, I have gone back out looking for <laughs> Rotten Dog stuff, and their website is a shambles. It, <laughs> yeah. It, it, the website is like 1999 called, and they want their web designer back. Exactly. Yeah. Um, anybody that has Rotten Dog boards listed for sale, like any pinball vendor, they're all out of stock. And it seemed like I had seen something trying to get some info out of the Rotten Dog page. And the last update was like 2017, but and and this this is kind of one of the reasons that I'm not a fan of a lot of these aftermarket boards. I mean, there's places for them, I guess, but my preference would be to fix what you got you've got, or hunt down original boards because there is decades of online support for all of these hardware platforms. Whereas if you're getting into a rotten dog or some other third party, like I've said this on the show before, I've got a aftermarket chassis in a 6,100 buried in a tempest out in the garage. And uh, uh, it's actually the high voltage can. It's the high voltage assembly, not Mm -hmm. the actual deflection board. Yep. Yep. And the, if memory serves, they use MOSFETs and all kinds of funky stuff in it. They're gone. And they were gone when I got this thing. And I've had this thing for six or seven years at this point. And I got it for, for what was there. 
in with the intention of probably just replacing that with one I've I've acquired or had an original one, figuring that I, I th- there's no support for it. And, and I know the person I got it from, they'd already gone through and put MOSFETs in it a couple times, and it kept failing. Hmm. And it just it wasn't it wasn't a tenable solution. And so the you know the Ryan Dog stuff is kind of fulfilled that prophecy in that you can't find schematics. I, I've worked on those boards for people, for friends, and short of it looking kind of like the board that it replaced, and specifically like in Williams board, Williams games, you know, they they also do their own thing. And without schematics, it's not a one-to-one reproduction. You're down to, okay, well, this harness comes in here, mm-hmm. and then you're out onto the board with a meter tracing it out to figure out where all those components are. It's not like you can pull out the Williams manual and say, cue this, fire solenoid that. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. how does this all line up? And the funny thing is, like, now if you go to the, the Rotten Dog schematics page, empty. I mean, absolutely empty. It Like at the top, it says in, in black text, schematics, and the whole page is just, just a white background, and it's empty. Wow. Nothing. So what, I've, what started me back off onto this, this tirade is a good friend of mine is trying to help a friend of his get a high-speed running. Okay. So the high speed had a bad, a damaged MPU board that he had sent off to somebody to repair, and that person went vapor, totally gone, board's gone, board's gone, nothing. Wow. Okay. So now you know all the parties involved, though, right? I, I know. I don't know the owner of the high speed. Oh, okay. I, but I, I know his buddy. He's a very good friend of mine. Okay. So I, I know that person. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Got it. Got it. So. Now he, the owner of the high speed is trying to get it rolling again, and they've ended up with a rotten dog board. Okay. Okay. All right. So my friend goes to help him out, puts it in, game won't boot. Nothing. My buddy goes to, I think it's his nephew who has a high speed, pulls the ROMs. So you get the rotten dog. And you've got to put your own EPROMs in it, and I think processors. Definitely your own EPROMs for the game, because the 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 Rotten Dog supports this. If you can see it, it's actually in my high speed right now, Whitney. That's why my high speed is open. Okay. And there's there's on that green solder mask. There's white silk screen, and there's a list about a mile long of all the games it supports. Okay. And it's like system most all the system nine th- up through system eleven games. Okay. okay. Right. On that one board. Okay. So you know not only. Are they trying to reproduce the board? They're putting their own spin on it, and they're making it a one-trick pony to support a bajillion different games. Okay, so that all has to be taken into account when I mean to make it to make it flip between at some I think it's like maybe System Nine to cross over into support like System Nine and up. You got to cut a trace or a resist a zero ohm resistor off the board. Okay, that's how they're doing this stuff. So they can't get it to boot. And they've they've squirreled with it. They they take the working ROMs, put back into the original high speed board. Game boots just fine. Okay. They try to put this board in. So they do. They go through all these gyrations of combinations, and they're not getting anywhere with it. And he he says, "Man, can you take a peek at this?" I'm like, "Sure, send it down here." 
So he sends it down to me, and I put my ROMs in it, jam it in my high speed, and for whatever reason, I mean, these are capable people. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. These are very knowledgeable, capable people. Boots right up. So the only thing I can think of is, okay, well, is there a version incompatibility? Because the on ROMs... The, on the ROMs. Yeah, yeah. The ROMs they sent me uh, supposedly work in an original Williams board in a high speed. Okay. But they don't work in this rotten dog. Yeah, yet your ROMs work in the ROM my, dog. My ROMs work. Yeah. So I've got like a version three or whatever they are, and his was a version four. Uh-huh. So, all right, is there something different in the... And I'm, I'm at pure speculation, because I was poking at the, around at this last night just doing some quick high-level testing. Uh-huh. So I'm purely speculating what could be different that I'm doing versus they're doing. Because, again, I know these people. I, I know my buddy. He is very capable. Okay. Okay. Um, but then I start playing the game. All right. I just want to make sure it's all the solenoids are firing. I don't have any call. I don't have any, um, any call outs. I've got background music. I don't have any of the voice. I have nothing. So all of that, if I recall correctly, is handled on the sound section on the MPU. No idea why. Can't find schematics. I, I, it's kind of a mess. So then I start looking at it a little closer, and the EEPROM sockets on this board, now I'm getting nitpicky, I'll, I'll admit, they're full of crap. Like, I sent a picture to my buddy, and he said, that looks like solder flux laid down in all the, were on the top side of the sockets. And I, I, I pulled out a few more chips around the EEPROM sockets, they're clean as a whistle. I'm like, how is it that they're that this one is packed full of junk, and then I mean, a half an inch below it, there's another socket, and it's it's clean as can be. Uh-huh. I don't understand this. Who made this board? Then I get looking at the PIAs. So PIAs are peripheral interface adapters, and as you're looking through these the Williams pinball boards, they're running. For the most part, you know, they're going to be running a Motorola processor of some flavor. And then the PIA, the PIA interface adapter that Miss Maxine woke up. Yeah. She, she, <laughs> did she, she come out of her slumber in her personal heater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just watching her stress. She's like, what is going on? Dad's yeah. got all fired up. Uh-huh. She's going to try to go upstairs and the door's closed now. Yeah. So, one, can you, why don't you go open the door while yeah. I'm ranting? Yeah. Whitney? I'll, I'll do that. So, Whitney can hear me rant even with his head with his headphones off. So I'm looking at the Pia's and the, to spin back around. The Pia's are really key on the Williams games. They're used for the processor to interface with the subsections of the board. So there's a Pia that it uses to reach out and talk to the soundboard. There's a Pia that is used to reach out and talk to the portion of the board that fires the drivers and all that. And that's how that communication happens. And that that carries through even into your your data east designs because that's kind of a continuation. Data East picked up where System 11 sort of left off. And you'll still see that heritage in the Data East games. Well, no one's really made PIAs that I'm aware of in a long time. That architecture was kind of put to bed by Motorola and then even put to bed by the companies, the third party companies that made equivalent PIAs in in their factories. I got looking at this board. It came populated with PIAs 
they're all they're all bootlegs. So you can look at bootlegs. Yeah, I'll be honest. They come out of China. I mean, there's no other way to say it than just what it is. Like, there's a whole genre of people that buy chips off Banggood and. What's the other one? Uh, Probably AliExpress. AliExpress. Yeah. There's a whole cottage industry of YouTubers that buy chips, like for Commodores and all that. What did I get? And they'll do videos on it. It's very common for people to take and scrape the top off the chip, the original marking. They'll spray it with like a black paint to make it match and clean it up. And then they'll relabel it like as a first tier supplied piece like Motorola. So you can look at these and you can see the paint lines. If you hold it in the light, you can see where it's like a matte finish and you can see through it and see where there was characteristics of the plastic from the original chip, like little places that were in the casting, like little circles and stuff that if you look at a few chips, you're, you're, Oh, okay. That's, that's a side effect of the, of the, the casting process where, where it's, there's like a ghost of that left and it's painted over. It's just, I don't know what it is. (laughs) It's a shame. It's a shame. It's a shame. You know, so I've seen these incompatibilities before in, and I'm not saying that the the vendors don't have good intentions. You know, they're, they're obviously out to make a profit and I'm not going to give anybody any grief for that by any stretch of the imagination that it's, you need, you should be paid for your labors, the fruits of your labor. But what leaves us later down the road where I'm going with this is how do we deal with this? If you're going to produce this product and you're going to, as an individual, if you buy that product, you need to be prepared for what you could get for the potential incompatibilities because they're trying to reverse engineer most likely with a smaller group of of people or a dedicated hobbyist. What was probably done by several people on an architecture that grew over a decade, a decade and a half, they're going to try to reverse engineer that. A lot of cases, they're going to they're going to try to create a Swiss Army knife. They're going to do multiple generations in one platform. You're going to have to be concerned how you how do you support that down the road? If you can get schematics today, you need to get them because there's no guarantee. Like I've faced multiple times with these rotten dog boards. I'm picking on Rotten Dog, I I know, because it's right here in front of me. You've got to get that today and put it away because tomorrow you might not be able to get it. And if you need to fix it or you need to bring somebody in to help you fix it, it's a whole heck of a lot easier if you know what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. Manuals. There's stuff in the silkscreen on that board. If you're doing this, do that. If you're doing this, do that. And I've been trying to read a little where I've had a minute today there's thousands of hits on William's sound issues. There's like two for anything that has to do with a rotten dog board. And one of them mentions a jumper on there somewhere to deal with a difference between how Hitachi made their Motorola equivalent processors and how Motorola and all the other third-party vendors that copied Motorola did it. I have never heard of such a thing. And it has to do with the Hitachi having a pin that can float versus the Motorola's need it pull. I don't, I'd have to go back and look at it. I I bookmarked it. I sound like I'm faulting rotten dog. I kind of am because I think to a degree they're trying with some of their boards, they're trying to do too much in one shot. It's a Swiss army knife. It does a lot of things fairly well, but not one or two things really well. Yep. Yep. 
but I can't begrudge them for or any of the th- any of the the manufacturers for trying to support the hobby, yeah, oh, and produce yeah. such things. Yep, yep. But just be aware out there of what you're getting into if you have to go with a third party board. You're almost out on your own to a certain degree. So this board, what I'm going to end up having to do with it is I'm going to do a little bit more looking at the board, trying to do a little bit more research. I can't even find a manual for the board, not even a one sheet that would have told you as yeah, a consumer. That's, that's a shame. Yeah. What I would have expected, especially as common as the Rotten Dog stuff seems to have been up until here recently, to have maybe found a scan online. Yeah. But maybe everybody has got never thought that they'd have to. Why scan it and put it on, on pin side? Because I'll just go to their site and download See, it. And I think there's probably um, some human fallacy there at play is if we think that Oh, it's like, okay, I'll go to the manufacturer website and their PDFs and their code and everything is always there. Yep. Then you think it'll always be there, but that's not the case. Nope, I mean, not the case at all. I mean, everything, I mean, I oh, pro- look at I OS pro- too. Yeah. We're I, perfect. I sound like an old man saying yeah. this, but the internet is so transient. There's yep. nothing, there's no guarantee any of it will be there a day from now, a week from now, anything. I, I guess that's why we're we're always part digital hoarders, whether we realize it or even admit it, you have to be one way uh, or absolutely. the other. Yeah. So it, I know I sound like I'm beating up these, uh, the, the, the companies, the, the folks that make this stuff and, and I kind of am, and I kind of am not. I just, just be aware of what you're getting into. Yeah. Personally, I don't, I don't particularly I wouldn't go that path. I understand people that would. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I do. I understand the drop in the drop in appeal. I get right. that. But I, I've ran into I don't know how many people that have had a board that has had a, not even battery corrosion damage board. Yeah, it sticks a coil, or I don't know the pop bumpers they stay down and it blows the fuse out. So I bought a rotten dog, or I bought a such and such, and I replaced it, and the game works. What would you do with the old board? I just threw it away. Uh huh. Dude, I. I I could have fixed that in 10 minutes with 50 cents worth of parts. Yep. Yet here we are. Here we are. Yeah. And now you've got another fault and I'm looking at this thing and I have nothing. Yeah. You know, got nothing to go on, nothing to compare to. And could I fix it? Probably, but it's going to be a lot harder in in a lot more time. So I don't know, as it comes to this board, I'm, I'm going to have to look a little bit closer at the sound section. Uh, I, I'm want to. I'm intrigued on this processor question. I need to really stare at it. I think it's got two Motorola processors in it now. I did swap the main CPU and the sound CPU side to side to see if it would boot. And if it wouldn't boot, that would have told me the sound processor CPU was bad. I just honestly, then thinking that through, I don't even know if the sound processor CPU was bad, if it would have played the background sound which comes out of that satellite board i just need to go back and look at the williams schematics and re-understand what goes in and out of the board Uh and do what i've just described kind of walk back and try to figure out how they implemented it there and just start looking at it and you you shouldn't have to do that no you shouldn't you shouldn't have to And, and if it was if it was mine other than I mean, those boards new, they're like 400 bucks. Yeah. If I mean, it, that, that's a premium product. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that's my rub. They're, whether Rotten Dog decides to go out of business or stay in business, either way, they should have been responsible enough to their to their customer base. If they weren't going to support it, at least leave the information out there so that other people could could try to support it. You, you know they're in the communities. At a minimum, they could have gone to Pinside and said, we're out. Let me find a forum thread to upload all and this I'm, stuff. And I'm too. blasting all this out here. Yeah. Or gone to ar- archive.org. I was going to say archive.org. And thrown is, it out is, there. Is a great option as uh, well. You know, we can't keep the server up. I mean, the server's still up. There's just yeah. nothing on it. It's but nuts. We're going away. If it's already public information. So if someone buys the company, it's not like there's anything proprietary here. Here's the schematics. Here's all the manuals. Yeah. Appreciate it. It was a good ride. We're out. Yeah, we're out. You know, and if oh well, if it's nothing that I once I put fresh eyes on it, if it's nothing that is actually staring me in the face, I'm gonna have to go back to basics and get the scope out and just start looking at <laughs> is is the is the little subcomputer running because there's some through hole stuff on there. There's also a couple of surface mount pieces on there. Yeah, you know, is is do I have a data? Uh, pin stuck high or low or floating or an address pin jacked up. And I'll just go back to basics and try to kind of walk through it and figure it out. This is really nitpicky, but it also wasn't saving settings between power cycles. Uh-huh. There was a bent pin on the NVRAM. So is this is this a board that they purchased new, just got yeah, out of under- the box? Yeah, my understanding is it came right out of the box. Oh, jeez. Now, the bent pin, okay, stuff happens. I get that. I understand that entirely, you know, but, but what kind of testing did they do? None. That That's a key portion of the function of the board. I would have had that in my test regimen as the boards were coming off the line. Does it save settings when I power cycle it? So, yeah, that that's kind of my mini rant and I guess my warning to everybody. I know I've talked about it piecemeal over the history of the show, but, you know, there it is condensed in a nutshell. And one of the things that, that that I have had the opportunity to use while I'm doing this is a nifty little tool that I recently picked up. And actually, Whitney has one of them. I just handed him the one I had out here. Oh, yeah. I'm loving this. Um, now, you could take a rotten dog board apart with oh, this. With, tell everybody yeah. what you got there, Whitney. Yes. This is, uh, this is probably one of the nicest IC chip lifters that I have ever seen. Seriously, that I've ever seen. I love this. The The weight of it is just, it, it's great. It's, it's, it's like a precision screwdriver from a handle perspective. And it's even got, I mean, it's even got the little top on it where you can spin it with your fingers and everything, or you can hold it and spin it around. I mean, that's what I love about it, Brent. You yep. put your index finger on it and you can spin it with your middle finger, ring finger, and your thumb. It's great. So you could like, you could like rotate it and twist it in and things like that. It's just, that's awesome. So love the, it. the end of it's like a flat bladed screwdriver mm-hmm. with a curve, with a curve. Yeah. So that you can, you know, how did I always pull chips out? I'd take a flat, uh, like a flat blade precision screwdriver. Yeah. And I would take a little piece of a pencil and I'd set the pencil on the board to make like a fulcrum and yeah. I'd stick the blade of the screwdriver under the chip and yeah. pry it out and yeah. move it side to side. This thing, it go, it'll walk, walk its way right under the chip. And yeah. with that curve, you just give it a little, you either rock it back or you can even twist it so that the blade, you know, twists like like you're turning a key yeah and 
walk the chip right out. And it's like 10 bucks. Yeah, that's awesome. What I love. I, what I, I can't love believe. I'm like, why have I not had yeah, eight of these? Yeah, exactly. Like, what? why, did, why didn't I have this? What's great about this, though, is that it, it goes under the chip horizontally instead of at an angle. And then as soon as you apply the pressure, it starts to lift the chip up. So there's like virtually no way for you to gouge a trace underneath yep, the chip exactly. using this. Yeah. It, it works great in Solid. tight spaces. Because of the curve, it works great in tight spaces. It's yeah. just, I'm like, I saw that on, uh, I mentioned 8-Bit Guy and Adrian's Digital Basement earlier. Yeah. So as I've been watching their their channel on the elliptical or wherever, they use those. And I was like, I, I didn't know such a thing existed. I must have that. <laughs> so like I said, they're about 10 bucks and there is a link in the show notes to Amazon where you can get your very own. Yes. Yes. I'm going to be ordering some myself for sure. Well, Brent, I, I guess that brings us uh, almost here to the close of the show. Yep. And uh, we didn't really get to spend a lot of your money this episode. And I, I'm sorry, I've, I've kind of fell off on that. We'll, we'll make sure that that, that that happens next time, faux show, because <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about talk about some uh, talk about some vector lab switchers and, and a few things next episode. But real quick, before we round this out, just a couple of notable items here. Number one, you mentioned Led Zeppelin. Okay, that is the newest uh, title release from Stern. I don't want to get into the quality or the or the misgivings from a mechanical standpoint because I think we've we've, <laughs> we've thrown that horse on the table and beat it this episode for sure. I am curious as to your thoughts on Led Zeppelin as a theme in 2020 slash 2021. Do you think that that's... I didn't care in 1992. <laughs> okay, I you know I'm, I'm I don't, I was curious. Were you ever? I mean, were you a Led Zeppelin fan I, at any point? Of about two songs of which I don't care for anymore. Oh, okay. I All just right. I'm not a Led Zeppelin fan. Uh, okay, F- fair enough. Fair and and enough. I, I know that to a lot of people that's sacrilege. I mean, um, uh, rock and roll sacrilege anyway. Yes, but it's it's kind of like uh, um, Pink Floyd. Yeah, Pink. They're, they're not to me. They're not really mainstream relevant anymore. You okay. know, they're. I, I hate to say it, but all of the music of our time is now being used by Buick for com- car commercials. I mean, let's just <laughs> let's just be honest. Uh, now, I, I'll I'll say this: I am a huge huge fan of Pink Floyd. Probably more so David Gilmore than than quote unquote. I'll use air quotes. You know, Pink Floyd per se. But um, eh, I, I get it. I, I get I, I'm it. not saying that the 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 fan base isn't there. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just. Do we need a Rel- pin- relevance? Is a pinball machine? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even ACDC. I mean, I'm sure there's a car commercial with ACDC music in it. But I mean, it was still relevant enough that it's been spotlighted in in the Marvel movies. Yeah, and, yeah, true, true. Uh, I'm, yes, I could see that. Yeah. I, I mean, my niece and my 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 niece is more in tune with old school stuff than my nephew. But my nephew knows, you know, ACDC songs. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, let's yeah. let's just be honest. Yeah. I, I, 
if I said Led Zeppelin to him, he'd have no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, it's an interesting theme to do in 2020 slash 2021, considering the 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 time when Re- when Led Zeppelin was, I guess, culturally or socially uh, in vogue. I, I mean, I, I know they've got a fan base, and I've there's there's a few Zeppelin songs that I that I still like or still appreciate, but I really 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 loved the band early on, like back in the you know back back when I was you know, working in high school mm-hmm. and everything, working my first job in high school and everything. That was you know the mid '80s and everything, you know late '80s. I, I was just you know totally totally into Zeppelin. But I'll be quite honest with you, after I kind of got my feel of the band, I haven't really thought about them much since. Yeah, exactly. It, and and that so was, that was my run with the two or three songs. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah, and so and so to see the to, to see this drop now, uh, I, I mean, I know the licensing had to be hard to get, and I know there was a lot of work put into it. I, I was just I was just really surprised that that's the theme that gets done now. I, I just I am. I'm just really surprised about that. One thing though that I do want to say, I think I would have held it for better times. Okay, uh, that, that's you fair. Know, that's fair. And, and I, a lot of my personal, uh, what, so what for Led Zeppelin yeah. is in the middle of it. I mean, and, and I get there are people out there that love Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah, that love Led Zeppelin. I, and, I get and that. We're, and we're totally happy that this theme dropped. You know, it's like, finally, I've got my pen. I get it. The, but, you know, I don't make Stern's business decisions. But the one thing I did think is, same as you, that the, the licensing was probably difficult to get. Yep. Is it Led? Is it Led Zeppelin or the Beatles that the the people that hold the license meet like just twice a year and they do a a, a review of everything that's so? I mean, it, I I don't I know can't the remember, answer to that. I'm remember, not sure. I, I've been told it's one of the two. Maybe both act that it, way. It, it might be both. Con- uh, cons- considering the license in play, yeah. I could believe it more for the Beatles than Zeppelin. I've heard that Ze- that Zeppelin. I have heard. I'm sorry. I have heard that uh, Zeppelin keeps a really tight control on their license, and they kind of do it themselves per se. And I, I'm not sure how the Beatles is done, but anyway. So either way, it was surely hard to get, and there would be people very dedicated to having that game, uh, and wanting to see at least see that game and play it and be out in venues at shows. I'm really kind of surprised that it that they didn't hold it till the world was less bonkers. Yeah. And here that was a surprising thing. Okay. Fair, fair enough. One thing that I thought that was very, that was very nice about Zeppelin is one of the new features that Stern detailed as uh, being on the premium in the LEs and is actually backwards compatible to the pros, believe it or not, is a feature called expression lighting. And uh, this is this is LED lighting, uh, RGB, uh, progressive LED lighting that is routed, uh, the, the reliefs for the lighting is actually routed into the sides of the cabinet. And um, it, it does come standard, like I say, it does come standard on the premium in the LEs. And I, I know that, or at least I feel that that was, added as a way to kind of lend to the concert effect for this theme under glass. And this seems to me like a feature. I mean, I'm glad to see the innovation. It seems like a feature that would show well and respond well on location and really bring people in to play the game. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of think of it as like running strobes up the sides, up the sides of the cabinet, kind of akin to what we saw with uh 
Jersey Jack and, and Guns and Roses as well. Um, I, I I am I am a bit surprised that this theme drops when it does, considering the fact that there's not really location play to take advantage of. I think what what it would angle for to be a good earner, but. Um, but yeah, inter- interesting choice of themes to drop at this point in time, I, I will say. Um, moving on here, Brent, the last thing. And uh, I know that uh, you and I and a friend of the show, Jim Hale, were talking about this. But uh, the the Indiegogo, I'm sorry, Indiegogo, I'm sorry, GoFundMe, I apologize. GoFundMe by Tim Arnold from the Pinball Hall of Fame. It, Brent, have you ever been there to the Pinball I Hall of not. Fame? I have Okay. I've been to Vegas several times, yeah. but it was so long ago. Okay. I, I it, was curious it, if you'd ever been. It, I was there. I've been there one time since I've been in the hobby. Yeah. But that's a whole other story. Okay. That is <laughs> no, a whole no, other... <laughs> not, not for episode 96. No, huh? no, that's yeah. an entirely different story. Okay, fair, yeah. fair enough. Well, uh, Tim Arnold, uh, proprietor, manager, uh, I, I guess kind of uh, all-around all boss of the Pinball Hall of Fame in Las Vegas, uh, has posted a GoFundMe campaign uh, entitled The Pinball Hall of Fame Las Vegas Needs Help. And right now, it looks like at the time of this recording, it looks like they're roughly uh, $79,000 into a $200,000 GoFundMe goal to help them complete the construction on their new building on the Las Vegas Strip, moving away from or moving out of the building that they've been in uh, that's off the Strip, but not, not too far from the Strip, but still off the Strip for years and years and years. I, you know, I've watched the video on on this. The, the, the GoFundMe uh, page has a video where Tim is explaining the, the situation that they're in and making the plea for the donations and everything along those lines. I, I've watched the video. I, I find it to be an interesting appeal to the public for money. I mean, I've been to the Pinball Hall of Fame, I think, three times now. Uh, at their at their well, I guess what will be their old location or their their prior location, and uh, yeah, I, I find it just interesting that they're I guess they're in a bit of the spot that they're in. I'm sure COVID has wrecked yeah, havoc I've, wrecked havoc on their plan. So I don't want to be critical of Tim for the sake of being critical, not walked a mile in his shoes. I do find it interesting though that that. Uh, that they're asking for the money to help finish the building of the building, I guess, or finish the construction of the building, I would have thought that they would have had that wrapped up before they begun. That, that's that's what is really kind of oh uh, kind of kind of odd to me that, that I they, see your they point. entered into the construction, they entered into contracts with with um, construction companies, contractors, and and uh, you know. In, in everything around raising this building and they did it without having the finances 100% buttoned up. And I, I don't know if he was planning on the sale of the previous building to help finish the financing. Well, or, I think or I, what? I haven't watched the whole video, but I thought in the front side of the video, he said the old building while, while the reason we were getting to crunch time, the Royal we, we are getting to crunch time. The crunch time, my word, is is that the old building had sold and they were approaching their date to be out. And I, I see your point. I didn't put all that together. Yeah. I know that they're going to have been 
affected by COVID. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no doubt that COVID so has affected this. Is so. it two hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue from the past year See, that they've lost that they were anticipating? Yeah, I, and I don't know. If is that the offset? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. really don't know because I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure how Tim runs the business. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how he manages the the charitable side of this and and in the um, the disbursement of funds to charities and, and things like that. So I don't I don't want to venture a guess on that. I just think that it's a it's a bit of a it's it's just a bit of a, a weird ask, I guess. Given where we're at, I mean, some may think, well, you know, was it wise to build a building right now? Was it wise to make well, this move now? Well, he started this now? long before now. Yeah. Oh, now, that, that's yeah. true. Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Because I remember, I think we had a we had a news what? item on the show linking to a video where he was giving the pitch in front of like a council there in Vegas because yeah. I think it had, it, 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 but he was, he, there wasn't like a foundation or a building right, site right. at he that just, point. He had the plans and okay. the, it, it, maybe it was even starting to discuss the zoning change or something. Yeah. But yeah. that, that seems like that was a couple years ago. At yeah. This point. You're, you're right. You're right. And, and so, yeah, want to give credit where credit's due. I know that as an idea, this has been in the public in the pinball public eye for quite some time. I, but I'm not sure uh, what I'm not sure of is the construction timeline and whether or not this started after COVID, whether it started before COVID or, or what have you. But ultimately, uh, and I don't want to weigh on, on whether I think this is a good thing to donate to or a bad thing to donate to or right or wrong or, or otherwise. But if you do feel so inclined, yeah. we'll have a link in the show notes. Uh, I mean, it is helping out pinball. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I have my own personal opinion on this, and I, I don't know that uh, I don't know that it would be extremely popular if I were to voice it from from end <laughs> to end. But uh, but ho- hopefully he's able Hot to make take. The, yeah. Hopefully he's able to make the the two hundred k and and if that is indeed what it goes for and what is needed, then hopefully it does finish the finish the project out and yeah. so and he'll be able to to do what he was had originally set out to do. And so the links in the show notes and you know just check it out and see what you think and you know as Whitney said, if you feel so inclined, then then donate. But yeah. If not, if not, then then not. And it should still be active because I'm looking at the screen cap you took here, Whitney, and it says it was created January fifteenth. So what's what's a is this a GoFundMe or is yeah, this a, it's a GoFundMe? Yeah. Do those run 30 days? Or? I, I have no idea. I've, I think I've seen, I mean, I believe that I have seen GoFundMe's that run longer than 30 days. Okay. I'm, yeah. th- I'm thinking of now, uh, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. You're thinking of Kickstarter. That's yeah, 30 days. That's 30 days. Yeah. It's 30 yeah. days and it, that's, that's your month and it's done, you know, yay or nay. So, uh, I do have one more quick piece of news. that's hot off, uh, hot off my phone. In fact, oh, if, boy. if you're cool with that. Yeah. So I just wanted to give everybody an update on a friend of the show, David Corrigan and Pixel Planet Arcade. Oh, yeah. So Dave let me know. I was texting with him a little earlier here, Whitney, and he's like, uh, the the arcade is in full swing right now. Good. Uh, check it out at pixelplanetarcade.com, and we'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, um, it's an out, it's an hourly type deal. It's not a pay to play where like coin drop. So it's 10 bucks for an hour or $15 all day. And uh, he says he's running like 60 games there at the moment. And uh, of course they're pixel planet arcade on Facebook. 
Excellent. So they're in, they're in, they're in Nashville. Yeah. That, that's, that would be helpful. Where's this at, yeah. Brent? This is the first time I've listened to you two fools. <laughs> No, we you talk to me like you know what I'm. <laughs> which you, yeah, you talk to me like like I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like about. exactly. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Na- they're in Nashville, Nashville, Tennessee. Would love to make the trip down there, and I think once uh, once the world writes uh, itself a little bit, then a trip to Nashville is definitely in uh, in the plan for sure. Well, I'm glad to hear that David's doing good, the business is doing good, and and the arcade is is going because he, I mean he opened essentially during the pandemic. Yes, he did, and that's yep. that takes some guts. And kind of like we were talking about with with Tim there, he, yeah, the, the, the idea was pre, yeah, and uh, he got caught up in the middle of it, yeah. And exactly. fortunately, it sounds like he's making a go of it. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's good. That's good. Well, Brent, I think that brings us to a close. Episode 96 is in the books. It actually wound up being a longer episode than I thought it would. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah, yeah for well, sure. We had a lot to talk about. We did, we did. We hope everybody enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly did. Catching up is always always fun and good. Uh, Brent, where can people find us? Oh, you're making me scroll here. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, hit that, I was, little, hit I was, that little mouse wheel. I was checking out the recording. I was just making sure everything was going on. Oh, my I, bad. I'm at con- control panel central over here. Yeah. And all of a sudden, here it comes. <laughs> it's you. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, people can find us on iTunes. So please check out iTunes and leave us a review. It really helps us to get noticed. I think, what are we at, Whitney? We're, about, we're up to 40. We're up to 40. Yeah, and, we're which up to is, 40 now. Which is great, but it's also a shame because we've been at this for, what, eight years? Yeah. Come well, on, people. Well, you know something? I look at, I've looked at other podcasts that don't have that don't have 40, for sure. Pinball, well, pinball and otherwise. So I, I'm more worried about us, Whitney. Oh, fair enough. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> stroke our ego a little bit. Yeah, there you we go. We don't do this for the, uh, for the money, obviously. Oh, no. No, no. We do it. We do it totally for the recognition, and <laughs> we do it for the love of the hobby. Oh but, yeah. No, but in all seriousness, yeah. If if you can on iTunes or, or whatever your podcast platform is, if you leave us a review, that would be awesome because it bubbles us up to the top of search results and helps gets uh, you know get us out there a little bit more and hopefully some of the things that we you know we bring to you all can be brought to others and, and help them out yep. in the hobby and everybody finds a value in it yep. so yeah we're also on uh, stitcher radio podcast yep. and in the google play store yep and on uh social media we're at facebook uh facebook.com slash broken token twitter at broken token our website broken token.com so yeah brent like i say that's a wrap for 96 uh i promise you i'm no longer contagious uh even oh, though we now's are a good sitting, time to tell me yeah it, well i'm telling you well, this we're now. 87 feet apart yeah so. well, I, but i am telling you this now just because full yeah. disclosure i said it okay yeah but anyway everybody thank you for listening we appreciate you joining in we hope you had fun this episode and we will look forward to seeing you for episode 97 until then keep your quarters clean and game on Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. 
and leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Letzi. And that's me. <laughs> music for the Broken Token Podcast is graciously provided by Mr. Scott Denisi. For more information about his music and the projects that he works on, visit his website at www.scottdenisi.com. Go Team Fiero. Let's wash your brush. We'll just scrub it off. Good old odorless paint thinner. Got a screen in the bottom of the can, so it allows the solid materials to sort of settle down to the bottom. Shake it off. <laughs> and just beat the devil out of it.